Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, guys? It's Mike Cerrone from the DC Crossover Podcast. Ben and I have been producing audio content since our teenage years. But now, don't we wish we had the tools you guys have to create and distribute your own content? Let me quickly tell you about our new sponsor, Anchor. Now, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's definitely something I love using. One reason, because it's free, people, F-R-E-E. As most of you may know, free is one of my favorite words, so don't get that mixed up. So no charge to start up with Anchor. Now let's talk about how easy it is to use. With Anchor, there are creation tools that allow you guys to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Super simple and super accessible from anywhere. Now that you recorded, how do you distribute to the streaming apps? Anchor does it for you, folks. Whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or more, they got you. Using Anchor, you can actually make money from your podcast. Straight hard cash, homie. Whether you have a handful of friends, family, or group that wants to hear your content, there is no minimum listenership. It's everything you would ever need to make a podcast in one simple place. Want to get started? Here's what you guys need to do. Download the free Anchor app on your phone or go to anchor.fm to get your podcast started today. Now back to our nation's capital with Sarone and Simpson. And we are recording for the first time. We are. In two weeks. Nice. So We're back. We're back. We're, we're sitting and waiting. We are back. We are getting we're dug back. Waiting for some pizza. Did you get that reference again? Uh, we're getting dug back. Oh, yeah, from the, the hangover. Movie. Okay, good. Yeah, Making no, sure you didn't get it the first time I said it a couple weeks I'm not like ago. 78 years old. Like, <laughs> I understand movie references. Yeah, so... Um, First time in two weeks. Obviously, we're both under the weather. You, were, you weren't really under the weather. I was. Yeah, I had some stomach stuff. You had some stomach stuff. You can imagine what that is like uh, in, in the Simpson <laughs> I won't household. go into much detail. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> we were trying to put this episode off for as long as possible before we started recording because we didn't want to get interrupted. Um, but obviously, we are going to get interrupted for the sole fact that this pizza, which I just got a notification, because obviously, this is the first time in how long been, I have no idea, that the Nats have actually scored seven this plus is runs. true. I mean, this is – the Nats' 50 deal has not really been lucrative for Nats fans here this season because the team has been so terrible. I'm trying to look back and see, you know, any other Nats' 50 opportunities because how much – is seven runs in a win? Seven runs in a win. Okay. Because yeah, you got the, 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 the Caps are th- uh, four goals in a win. The Wizards are, uh, the Wizards are 100 points in a win. The Redskins now actually are, I think, just a win because they don't do that much. So the Nats got one, their second game against Philly that they won 9-8. They got one against the Mets, 12-9. There's a 10-6 win over Philly. Um, A lot of not that. A 9-6 win over San Fran. 
uh, a seven-six win over San Diego. So there's only been like five or six times, basically, um, yeah. this season that the. But I, and I feel like two years ago, Nats fifty. I feel like was like oh yeah, almost every single their, week because the team was putting up years, runs. Their playoff yeah. years have been the years like especially. I think their worst year, uh, twenty twelve, when they went to the playoffs for Papa John's the worst year, I should say. Yeah. And because I think that year was when they had it. I think at four or five runs in a win. Yeah. They had and to they were averaging that. like six and a half. Yeah. Now now it's like <laughs> now they should just do. Uh, can the Nats only use like two pitchers in a game, and then you get a hundred percent off your deal? Because <laughs> uh, none of these guys. I mean, even Max is. One and four with a four point oh eight ERA. I know we'll get into the actual Nats themselves in a little bit, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Papa, the Papa is on its way. What what was the uh, what was the order? So I ordered. I got your Venmo and I was like, how much food did he order? Just two pizzas. Two pizzas? Are they twelve bucks a pizza? Well, no. Well, the thing was because they have a delivery fee now. Oh. It was three fifty for a delivery fee. Oh, what a scam! And then the, then the tip. That's, that that really sucked. What a scam! So literally, uh, it took. I think it was like six bucks extra or something like that. Um, for for just to order pizza, which again we've already went over this a million times, where I think that personally it's a joke that these two pizza establishments <laughs> in Domino's. In Did Papa you already John's, do the tip? On yeah. The, okay. Good. Yeah. So that's yeah. What did you do? Like two bucks <laughs> I, I this think time? I, I think I did. Two seventy five. No, you didn't. I, I might have been three. Because you're supposed to tip on the full uh, amount, not the discounted amount. Well, maybe that's why. I, maybe that's why they're taking two <laughs> hours to get here because you, you tipped them like two bucks. I forgot what it was. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, well, I, I feel bad because uh, me and Jen, uh, both, the last two times we've actually gotten, I forgot exactly what it was. It might be Grubhub or something. I'm not exactly sure. It's been uh, pretty harsh because it's a really nice guy. And he's done the same order twice. Yeah. And uh, it was so funny because, honestly, he um, basically came to our house twice, and I asked her both times, do you have any cash on you? And she said, yeah, I got some cash. Let me go, let me go get it. And both times she brings out the only cash she has, Ooh, which is a dollar. A buck. And I was so – so, so you know, I, did the, I did the tip or I did the, uh, the thing that you do at uh, country clubs. That when I used to work at Belmont Country Club back in the day, basically what happened was uh, I ended up uh, seeing the guys that don't tip a lot because they fold the money together. So it looks like they have they're giving you like you know a thick yeah. wad of cash. Oh yeah, you get then, excited. Then you unfold it like a piece of paper. Like I do that paper, move too. And then all of a sudden you see it's like the thinnest dollar bill ever, and you get really upset. But like like at Nats Park, there's always the people that if you're in the nice. Oh, there he is. Oh, okay. Do you want to get it or do you want you me go to get, get it? it? All right, I'll get it. How's it look? Twenty bucks says there's no steam coming off those. You know what I think? Honestly, I think they made one and then they just forgot to do the other one. But yeah, that pizza. As uh, we just took a quick hiatus, probably from, a zero point five out of five. Yeah, um, on all scales. Yeah, it was on, late. <laughs> It was pretty bad quality. And we were just talking. It's like, again, how do you screw up yeah. a chain pizza? Like, I know I know you can screw up, but at the same time, it's like, it's all the same form. I haven't worked at a Papa John's, but I'm pretty sure it's, yeah. hey, here's the same cheese and dough we use every single time. Yeah. Here's the specific instructions on how to cook this. Boom, you're done. There's literally one way to make a cheese pizza, and then you just add We could have made a better cheese pizza right here. You literally just add toppings. That's mm-hmm. all it is. And either there's... 
Thin crust, pan, and original, right? That's the only three they got, right? Yeah. yeah and we, we don't got have th- that stuffed crust like yeah, yeah. Uh, pizza, pizza I used to have. And then we have uh, a thin crust and a pan pizza because those are my two favorite at Papa John's because their crust is, is just ass. I mean, regular crust is just terrible. It's out, of, out of everybody out there, literally, their crust is the worst uh, for regular. Yeah, got to get on the Domino's train. Yeah, exactly. So that's why I get the, the thin because, you know, you, no one really eats a thin crust crust. Sure. No one really cares about it. That's why you get thin pretty much. And then uh, the pan for their – their pan was actually been, been very good the last few times that I've gotten it. I haven't gotten it in a while, but the last few times I've gotten it uh, has been pretty damn good. And yeah. that one, I had one piece, and it tastes like ass. <sighs> Yeah, it was uh, pretty disappointing. Pretty disappointing. Pretty disappointing after another Nats loss. Uh, <laughs> Again, it fits with the Nats, man. This is a Nats. You said it's, it's a Nats 50. It's a Nats 50 right here. This is it's 50% of a good pizza. <laughs> Just like the yeah. Nats are 50% of a good baseball team. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but anyways, we both, uh, we talked about it off air, that we both saw uh, the Avengers Endgame last night. We both did. Uh, yeah, and it was kind of weird because we saw it pretty much almost the exact same time at different theaters. Yeah. It would been pretty funny if we had the same theater. Um, but were trust there... me, you uh, you'd be glad you weren't in my theater, really, because I had. So as soon as this older man sat down next to me, I knew he was going to oh. be a problem. He was really? by himself. Oh, probably like sixty something years old. He the sits lurkers. down and he tur- and he just turns to me and he's just like, "So is this your first time seeing it?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it's my first time." It's he's my like, seventh. "He's like, this is my second." I was like, "Oh, cool, cool." How he's old like, was he? Do you think he's older? Older man, like sixties, sixties plus. And uh, he's like, yeah, I just had to come back to figure out what the hell was going on. I was so confused. <laughs> I was just like, oh, okay. How are you nice. confused? Um, it wasn't that confusing. And then, you know, he, I, I kind of just was able to not have him talk to me for a little bit. But then once the movie was going, this man would laugh. Like, this is a guy that already saw the movie, keep in mind. And, yeah, Marvel movies have some good one-liners. You may laugh and yeah. stuff like that. This guy was cackling, like, at the top of his lungs – at not just the funniest jokes, but at any joke that was made. Yeah. Where it, and, and I kept, Abby and I talking after the movie, we're going, the guy said he already saw it. So, like, the joke shouldn't hit this hard yeah. if you've already seen the movie. And this other noise that he would make throughout the movie is, like, somebody, like, said something, he'd go, hmm. <laughs> like, loudly, he'd go, hmm. Like, the only one in the theater. <laughs> and it would be, like, not even a big revelation. It would just be, like... Oh, Captain America is like looking at an old photograph, and he'll just go, hmm. <laughs> and like it, he did that the he's whole movie. It. He's like he a, did that the he's whole a movie. movie reviewer. It was it was it was unbearable. Every time he did that, I'd turn to look at Abby because I was the, I was the one sitting next to him, and she was yeah. like, "I feel so bad for you," because um, this guy was doing it all movie long. He was either <laughs> laughing at the top of his lungs or going, hmm. And it was it was it was it it, it, it didn't ruin the movie entirely. But it, it made it like, dude, this is like one of the biggest movies ever for a lot of people. Like, oh, yeah. Can you just shut the F up? But you know that it's actually, it, uh, I saw a t- title or a headline this morning that said, uh, Endgame has sunk the Titanic and yeah. Avatar is next. Yeah, I mean, it made a billion dollars in, in a its week. first weekend. <laughs> um, so, yeah. No, it was, it was fun. It was fun. We won't say too much spoilers, but at the same time, if you haven't seen it yet, come on. It's, it's already been out a week. Yeah. Um, but uh, we'll, I, we'll get more into yeah, the spoilers yeah, next yeah, week. Yeah. But my little experience um, that uh, I would say that so Jen is not a proponent of uh, or has a real bad, uh, I guess you could say, pet peeve of uh, chewing loudly and different things like that. 
um, which is, I mean, it's, it's great. You know, it's, it's just, you know, living with her, if I eat a chip, I get, I get, you know, like piercing eyes of a serpent, uh, coming at me. So now movie theater, a public movie theater, you're going to hear a lot of chewing. Yeah. Oh yeah. So the chewing was one thing, but it was the rappers and all the extra stuff. So there was one condition where behind us, number one, uh, she, she started getting upset. Uh, at first, because there was probably some teenage girls that were sitting there cackling, not, not cackling, but like, you know, talking their heads off sure. like, like, like heads like in a headhouse. Yeah. And it was during the previews. So obviously, just shoot him away. Go, <laughs> go lay down. So basically. You're just waiting for me to drop oh, some no, of this terrible is. pizza. Yeah. 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 <laughs> He'll probably spit it out. Trust up. me, buddy. You don't want to eat yeah, this. Yeah. You don't want any of that, buddy. <laughs> so uh, basically, they were sitting there talking. And so I started joking around and just like repeating what they were saying uh, uh, so Jen could know. Uh, because obviously that's what we wanted to know was what they were saying, obviously, instead of watching the previews for the new movies coming out. So anyways, what happened was they were sitting there and Jen said, I'm, I really want to say something. I said, don't worry. I'll say something when the movie starts, if they do. But they started quiet, quieting down, which is good. The problem was about seven seats to, the, to their left, there was must have been a, a family with like two boys, maybe the, you know, age range, probably seven to ten. Oof, okay. And uh, excuse me, the problem was is that they sat there, and when the movie started, the first 25 to 30 minutes, a three-hour movie, first 25 to 30 minutes, they must have been eating Doritos <laughs> out of a Dorito bag oh, or no. something. Because oh, no. you just heard this... <laughs> for literally... And the beginning of the movie is pretty quiet because exactly. it's like setting it, things up. And so, it, so, yeah. so Jen next to oh, me no. is so pissed. Oh, no. She's sitting there, and she just keeps looking at it. And I... And I I'm just like, just chill, just chill. It's fine. You know, we'll we'll figure it out. You know, whatever. If I like, if it goes on for any longer, I'll do it. So she was like, you know, literally once she saw two boys go to the bathroom, she was like, thank God, like like seriously, like, thank God these guys are gone. And then she just kept telling me like I could not wait any longer for them to be full or have to pee because <laughs> like literally they were sitting there just. I mean, because. The rappers that they don't they, they try to stay away from rappers yeah. at, at the movie theater yeah. you know have you had if you have a, a box of candy it's you, always it's in know, a box it, that's it, why it, they it, specifically it, do that exactly. or or a bag that isn't like yeah. the wrap it's, it's, it's like the wrapper yeah. but you take the wrapper off yeah. in one fell swoop and it takes three seconds yeah you know? exactly uh, once you get it off that little piece of plastic but yeah. literally once you're done with that then it's done but they don't sell bags of, of pop uh, bags of popcorn or you know like smart pop or any of that crap no. because they're not going to sit there they and know they they know what people are doing there exactly yeah. and my theater was about 90% full Ooh. to the point where there's so many people in there uh, that it literally it, there are so many like in the first 20 30 minutes i even noticed how many popcorn chewers are there oh yeah popcorn that, chewers you got little like peep throat clearers yeah. Coffers, but then uh, sniffers, after the first, sneezers. After the first couple hours, yeah. we had a, a couple snorers. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah. Literally, one guy was like, yeah, I, I said, I, I heard something. I said, that had to been a snore. Really? Because a couple hours in, you finally get to like the battle, like the yeah. climactic scenes yeah. and stuff. It's and like, I started laughing. Yeah, because literally, there was, I heard a snore. I was like, I t- looked over at Jen. I said, this guy's snoring. She's like, really? And I said, yeah, just, just listen. So all of a sudden, the next ne- next time, it was like a, like, a, like a small scene where like they just like, it was like a climactic scene where like the music went down, the the like the uh, voices went down, everything like that. And all of a sudden it was like, <gasps> like it was like it was like something. <laughs> it was like the biggest snore ever. And I was like, you got to be kidding me! So I started dying laughing. And then I think someone um, that uh, I forgot. I think someone was was uh, farting or something. Oh, nice. Uh, because it might have not been a fart, but then someone at the 
like near the last like half hour, it went quiet again, and I think someone tried it was was either snoring or coughing or something like that. But it sounded like someone just ripped one. Oh, nice! And I just died, and it was and it was funny because it was near a, like a sad part of the movie, yeah. And people are crying and stuff like that, and I'm sitting there just busting out laughing. Jen's looking at me like, "Why are you laughing?" And I said, "I think someone just." And, and of course, my you know middle school self just starts busting out laughing because they think someone farted. farts are always funny. Um, but yeah, overall, uh, it, it was a good movie. But like I said, next week we'll get into more mm-hmm. spoilers about that because two weeks kind of like my cutoff. Yeah, we'll, we'll so we'll let the listening audience know. You have a week. You got to go see the movie. What's your overall rating? One out of ten. You can get decimals in there if you'd like. Oh, one out of ten. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> probably like an eight point five. Eight point five. I mean, it's pretty solid. Wow, that's, that's, I, that's, I, that's I liked uh, I liked the movie before um, Infinity War. Infinity War was probably more like a nine for me. Same. Um, this one was right around eight point five. Not as good as Infinity War, but I did think gr- still gr- great movie. Yeah. It had some great moments and uh, did the job as far as like the final movie of yes. this like particular phase. Exactly, it was a great movie in my opinion as well. I think they could have told you this off air. They could have easily done it more so, and I think in about eh, two hours or so. Yeah, two and a half. Uh, I think they tried to stretch it out a little bit more to try to make it more climactic. Uh, and also, I gave it a seven point five uh, because really? it, it was nice. There were some good zings in there, left and right, made me laugh and chuckle and stuff like that. But I just think that. Looking at that compared to Infinity War, I gave Infinity War an 8.5 Yeah, um, because I like the scenes and that, the battle scenes and, and just the, 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 the climax of the, these, these characters are over here. These characters are over here. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're fighting Thanos over here. They're fighting Thanos over here. He's, he's getting the stones and can they stop him? All that kind of stuff. Sure. I think this was more, more so like, a, like basically like a story mode for what have the characters been doing and different stuff like that so since, since there's the, a lot of uh, yeah a lot of background all that kind of stuff it was I, slow for yeah, a while it was slow I, yeah. I think it was too slow and that's one thing that got me and then I think the ending was ending was good but I think the ending battle and stuff like that which we can say it was a battle obviously because I think everyone knows uh, there's a yeah, battle at some point it was over in like five seconds yeah, exactly like, like I thought that was the best scene uh, I'm not going to say oh, it yeah, but yeah, you know yeah. when you yeah. know, it was like yeah, the, for the, sure. the horde <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. and yeah. Uh, like that was the best scene for me but I think overall it, it just it just like you said it lasted barely anything yeah it was very short it was you a know? very quick battle because you see I mean uh, let's go real quick into Game of Thrones obviously you haven't seen Game of Thrones. No, you, you've, you've said, but I've read about it. I heard you, it was very dark. Yeah, and you, and you literally, and, I heard like people can't yeah. see the TV. And, and then you've also said in other podcasts, which I've listened to, that you probably won't see Game of Thrones. Um, so basically, no, we'll get there. We'll, we'll probably, yeah. Now that we got the move and stuff, we'll we'll, we'll probably do there it when we move to the there. You go. House. Yeah, you get a little bit more. But while you're sitting on the floor, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so uh, basically, that that last battle scene, like I thought that was cool because I mean. I still thought that was an underwhelming episode. Sure. And Jen loved it, but I, and, and every single time I say underwhelming, she's like, why are you trying to ruin it for me? <laughs> like, I, I'm like, I'm like, it was, it wasn't as good. Like, you know, like you said, it, people, yeah. people complain cause it was too dark, which it was, mm-hmm. uh, number one. Uh, I just thought they had too much close-ups. Like yeah. they had all the main characters over here fighting the, 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 the white walkers here fighting this, fighting this. And the problem was, is that in, uh, there was another one, I think it was called, uh, I forgot which which what episode it was, but they had like I like it when all the main characters are in the same area and mm-hmm. they like, they like pan out and you can see all the main characters fighting all that stuff mm-hmm. and everyone's going crazy and they're all doing their own thing, kind of fighting uh, their own White Walker or whatever it may be. But in this one, it was like like someone would be getting like buried under all like the all the arm the, the of the army of the dead 
And then all of a sudden, the next scene you see him sitting there swinging the swords. I'm like, well, yeah. how did this guy get out of like the pile of of? And it was just. It, I think there was too much zooming in. Like if you saw like out out like if someone was there next to him, and okay, maybe you can assume that they got out because someone else helped them. But now you're just assuming that somebody helped them. Yeah. When there's because it's like there's like a hundred thousand against you know you know twenty five thousand. Like it was it was like it was so underwhelming odds. It it was just kind of confusing. But well, overall, I'll give you my review of that battle in like three years when I finish. Yes. When I get to that point in yeah. the series. So. Hopefully we're still alive doing this podcast yeah. <laughs> at some point because we never know if they're going to sell a team around here or not for all the p- bad and uh, depressing. Yeah, or, or if we get hired, you know. That would be nice. Yeah, yeah. Nats, Nats you know, we're, we're by available. The, by the way, I actually, uh, I remember when I reached out to that, that one company. Um, oh, Yes. Yes. I want to say the company's name, but remember when I reached out to them? Yes. Still no response. Nice. So that's good. Perfect. Um, so obviously, you know, that's, that, that's, that's, that's going real well. Um, yeah. That'd be nice if we got hired at some point. I don't know who, I mean, who would we be hired by. I mean, it'd be nice. I, I think, know. honestly, me and you together would uh, both agree that we would love to do a Nats-only podcast Sure. For a t- for the Nats organization because that's what we're more invested in obviously than any other sport is the Nats because they have such a long season that we're invested every single night instead of just every Sunday or whatever it may be. Yeah. But um, I don't know. I, this whole entire Nats season is just a debacle in my opinion. Over thirty games now and everything like that. But we will get into that for sure uh, right now. But Ben, are we ready to start this episode? Let's do it. First one in two weeks. Let's go. Episode number twenty nine. It's a clown question, bro. And they're not even called Reese's Pieces. They're called Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces. <laughs> they're pieces of Reese's. I'm a man. I'm 40. I'm not a, I'm not a kid. Write something about me. Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. We're talking about practice, man. We're talking about practice. We're talking about practice. We ain't talking about the game. We're talking about practice, man. But they are who we thought they were. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. Hello? You play to win the game. Hello and welcome, Pine Ponies. It is the DC Crossover on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Google Play Music, and also at dccrossover.com. I am Mike Cerrone. Alongside me, as always, Mr. Benjamin Simpson and Ben Again, this is episode number 29. We've lasted for 29 episodes, at least on this platform. We've lasted for, what, five years in total? Uh, <laughs> maybe more than that. I don't know exactly how long it's been. Uh, but overall, this is the D.C. crossover where we cross over all four major sports teams in the Washington, D.C. market as long as they are in season or there's some news happening. So today we won't get into the Washington Wizards because we will have Rashad Mobley hopefully on next week, possibly. Uh, we couldn't get it done this week, but we will possibly get it more done next week for a nice interview uh, closer to the draft and the draft lottery. So we will also uh, try to keep you updated for that. We might actually have him on maybe in two weeks because then the draft lottery is coming up here soon. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, in so May. Then, yeah. So then we can actually get him on maybe after the lottery so then we actually know which pick we're going to get and get more information then. So we might have to do it then. But overall, this is the D.C. crossover. First time in a couple weeks. I was under the weather last week. Uh, of course, perfect timing right when we were going to uh, you know, do the podcast. <laughs> I told Ben, maybe we'll do it on Wednesday. And then he was busy. And it, it, it was overall just a debacle last week. Uh, but there wasn't too much to talk about except we had the draft. 
We had the the interview was going to happen, but a lot of things is just discontinued sure. for that week. It happens. It, it happens. happens. Yeah, we're, this is life. So we're not getting paid for this. So who cares? Um, we pay <laughs> ourselves, obviously. So, anyways, with terrible um, pizza. Yeah, exactly. With terrible cheese. That pizza is just garbage. I'm not looking forward to eating that for dinner tonight. <laughs> anyways, uh, thank you, Papa John's, once again for coming 20 minutes late and bringing us ass pizza. So, anyways, this is the DC crossover once again with Sarone and Simpson. I am Mike Sarone. That is Ben Simpson and Ben. Let's start out with. Something that happened just a couple weeks ago with the NFL draft and the Washington Redskins. He's back. Adrian Peterson is going to help him. Look at the 33-year-old Adrian Peterson. A 90-yard touchdown. And with that comes history for Is going to go down. This time, Jonathan Allen is around his legs. Six sack. He has started every game. The second year player out of Alabama. AP signed for two years and $8 million, and Jonathan Allen is going to be one of the cornerstones of this Redskins front four. At least, I guess you could say front four if they ever sure. transfer a 4 3, possibly. You never know. They're <laughs> always mixing it up every single week. But, anyways, they're going to have two guys in the first two draft picks, which we will get to right now. Dwayne Haskins at 15 and Montez Sweat later in the first round at pick number 26 out of Mississippi State. Uh, definitely two guys are going to help out one AP and also Jonathan Allen on the defensive front uh, in Montez Sweat. And yeah. let's talk about these two more so than the others. But Dwayne Haskins at Ohio State, he was projected as being one of the top uh, quarterback prospects to come out of this entire draft. He was actually number one on everyone's boards for a long time uh, over uh, Kyler Murray, who went 1-1 to the Cardinals. But overall, uh, you're looking at Dwayne Haskins, and he actually went the third quarterback taken off the board uh, to the Redskins at 15, which, lucky for them, they did not move up because the, the Giants like morons, because <laughs> I will get to that after you speak. Yeah. And get your first thoughts as we start on Dwayne Haskins, uh, the Ohio State quarterback. The Giants went and got Daniel Jones at number six, which is a complete shock. That's a complete shocker. But oh, yes. overall, the Redskins, good job by them. They got their guy, at least the, the upper management got their guy, because a lot of guys had Daniel Jones and different stuff like that ahead of Dwayne Haskins. But D- uh, Daniel Snyder and Bruce Allen said, we want Dwayne Haskins, and that's what we're going to go with. And I don't know if you know this, but Bruce Allen only attended one quarterback meeting out of all the combine and all those different meetings that they had with quarterbacks, and it was with one, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, I think this was something that it was a little surprising to actually see the Redskins draft so well yeah. and have things actually really pan out for them. Um, that's why this year's draft was kind of must-see TV, and I don't normally pay attention too much to the draft. I mean, I'll, I'll know who kind of the top couple guys Maybe will be. Maybe the first day you <coughs> Exactly. But this year was one of the ones where I, I was glued. I had to watch what was going to happen, especially because the Redskins had a lot of things in play here, and things just worked out. I mean, Dwayne Haskins is the type of guy that, um, you know, the, the Redskins are, are looking for to be able to kind of take hold of that quarterback position and be the young gun of the future for, for that, for the organization. And, you know, there, there's, there was some questions coming out about like, you know, did it, was everyone in the front office on board with the Dwayne Haskins signing or were they looking more for some other options? And they'll get that part figured out. But for now, you've got a guy who, you know, he's got a chip on his shoulder because he thought that possibly the Giants were going to take him, yeah. and they didn't. And now he wants to compete. Against, I think the quote was, I look forward to competing against those guys for the rest of my career, yeah. Haskins said about 
um, the Giants. So <clears throat> this is a big move because uh, right now we're in a situation with Jay Gruden where if the Redskins do bad this season, you got to think he's going to be fired. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of – this is a make-or-break year, and now you've got a young gun in, in Dwayne Haskins who – it's not since RG3 has his team really had a lot of, like, hype. excitement and hype yeah. about, about a young quarterback. And we, we know how that panned out with RG3. But this is obviously a different guy. But um, I'm excited. I mean, he's talented. He's got a great arm. I'm, I really love that pick. And then you mentioned Montez Sweat, another pick that the Redskins did really, really well. I mean, this was a guy that um, you know they, they were really hoping would fall to them. And the fact that they were able to get Sweat and Haskins both in the first round is super, super impressive. Two guys on, on either side of the ball that are going to be really uh, important. I mean, this is a he's a run defender. He's a pass rusher. Um, you know, he's he's going to be along you know on the other side of Ryan Kerrigan. I mean, this is going to be fun to see see Montez Sweat on the defensive side and see Dwayne Haskins, yeah. and then we'll get to the other draft picks in a moment. But I'd say for the first round, especially, I mean, you got to give the Redskins an A for that round. I mean, they picked perfectly. You got a yeah. good defensive guy. You got a good offensive guy. This is big. Well, it's the first time in years that the Redskins have actually been praised at the end of round one. Usually either they don't have a pick because they gave away three for RG3, yep. uh, or they just have you know some random piece, like a, you know, like a lineman, like Brandon Sheriff or something like that, which no one ever talks about. Uh, but this is the biggest splash. They got two very big impact players, uh, one that touches the ball almost every single play pretty much, uh, except for special teams, uh, in Dwayne yeah. Haskins, and then a guy that's rushing the pat, the opposing passer, passer in Montez Sweat, who is actually projected as a top 10 pick, which, again, the Redskins now, out of the last, you could say, five, uh, five drafts or so, have been lauded for getting possibly the quote-unquote steal of the draft. Yeah. Because if you think about it, a few years ago, uh, they got uh, two, two of my favorite players, obviously, obviously Jonathan Allen going to Stonebridge High School right here in Ashburn, uh, which me and you have actually covered him in high school before um, uh, for various outlets. And then obviously uh, my guy from Virginia Tech and Kendall Fuller, they mm-hmm. got him in the third round when uh, you know, he, had a, he had a couple injury concerns. Uh, and that's, that's the one thing you got to look at is some people don't understand is injury concerns or medical problems or whatever it may be. Everyone said, oh, later in their career, they might have this. Okay, well, I might have. I'd rather have, hey, I'll take this guy for six, seven years. And then if he has a medical problem after six, seven years, then who knows at, at that point where you're at. Well, the but, weird thing with Sweat, Mike, not to interrupt you, is just oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know you're so saying. With Sweat was, so he had heart condition. A heart condition was, was diagnosed. Uh, the combine. And yeah. then. In his final visit with the Texans, um, he was diagnosed as not having a heart condition, yeah. and so this teams uh, this has obviously scared some teams, and they and they passed on him. And that, that it's so wild to me about and just like what you're talking about is, you know, you've got these teams that obviously there's a lot of money involved and the futures of franchise involved, and they're going to take a lot of consideration of these picks. But the fact that we had multiple diagnoses for this guy and his heart condition. Just doesn't make any sense to me that yeah. um, you know that we wouldn't have a consensus on. Now I know doc, different doctors say different things, but for the most part, the fact that this kid, you know, this guy was like you said, a top ten pick, yep. and he drops to the skins because you know there was questions about that. I mean, it just it's, it boggles my mind that the Redskins were able to find gold out of this guy exactly because of these other teams being overcautious, and we'll see how that pans out. But again, his last diagnosis was. Doesn't have a heart condition. Exactly. And that's the thing is you look at it and say, Dwayne Haskins, he fell to the skins without having them or without them having to move up, which is a huge deal. 
But then you see Montez Sweat, who, again, like I was saying with uh, Jonathan Allen, he had the whole entire shoulder, quote-unquote, problem that people mm-hmm. were thinking he's going to have. And then all of a sudden, now you see him being a fringe pro bowler uh, only two years into his career yeah. and being a cornerstone. If it, I mean, possibly, he could be a pro bowler possibly last year if he had a full season the first year without the Liz Frank injury. And then Kendall Fuller, you're seeing him being ranked as the best slot corner in all of football uh, when he was with the Redskins, and now when, including with the trade with Alex Smith. Now he's over uh, thriving with the Chiefs as well. So I knew him at Virginia Tech. And he was the best Fuller brother to come out of Virginia Tech, in my opinion, and by a lot of experts' opinions, because uh, Kyle Fuller, he went in the first round, and he and Kendall was better than Kyle. And Kyle Fuller went to the Bears in the first round. Now, Kyle's actually made a nice career for himself so far in Chicago. But overall, you're looking at the Redskins now with possibly the third steal, quote-unquote, in the draft in the first couple rounds. Uh, you know, in the last four or five years, which is uh, amazing to see because now they're starting to actually have some decent drafts where they're not selling the farm for this guy or moving up 20 spots to get a guy where they're reaching for him or whatever it may be. So that's a big deal. Like I said, with Dwayne Haskins, they didn't have to move up for him. Uh, A guy that's thrown 50 plus touchdowns at Ohio State, only one year uh, under his belt in college, but that's the same thing with Kyler Murray and stuff like that. So you're looking at Dwayne Haskins as possibly being uh, the next franchise quarterback. Now, I didn't know we could get him, say, three weeks ago or so. Um, so I was like, let's punt this season, get some yeah. get some pieces, and then next season go out and you have Tua, uh, uh, Tungalavoa, whatever the hell his last mm-hmm. name is. And then you got Jake Fromm, who I want, uh, from Georgia coming out as well. So I wanted one of those guys uh, or, or trade the farm for one of those guys because you know those guys are going to be some of the best ones out there. And also Justin Herbert from Oregon. But Dwayne Haskins, I didn't know you could get him. They finally got him. He's got yeah, a good frame. This was a surprise. Yeah, good body on him. He's he, he's tough. He's strong. He's a lot thicker uh, and more built, I guess you could say, than RG three. So he's not yeah. gonna, he's not going to get yeah. hit once Different and then, then, then break a finger or whatever uh, or yeah. break an arm um, because he's he's more he's more thick and has more muscular build. Um, he's not as fast, obviously, as RG three. No. Uh, that's one of his knocks is that he has cinder block for feet for the most part. But he does get out of some situations. Which yeah, he's seen. got a better arm, I think. Exactly. And, he, yeah. he and he has a cannon on on his uh, right shoulder. So yeah. when you're looking at it, I think this is going to be a big deal. Now, obviously, we'll get into it after, uh, a little bit later, um, possibly more with Steve and Let's Talk Redskins, have him back on in the next few weeks and, sure. uh, and see what he thinks about the draft and different things of that nature. But hopefully they hold Haskins out for, I would say, I mean, I, I don't look at the schedule right now, but hopefully I would say even put him in maybe week six, something like that. Get a few weeks under his belt. Get him a little bit more acclimated to the to the pro game and see what he does. Uh, but moving along with Sweat, uh, as you mentioned before, uh, you know the heart condition, whole entire deal. That was just freaking crazy overall. Where everyone's saying, "Oh yeah, well this and that." I don't know how uh, someone rated their their pick there as a B. It makes near zero sense because he was quote unquote misdiagnosed. I mean, the the damn guy had had double digit sacks the last two years. Was projected a top ten pick, yeah. one of the top three pass rushers up there with Nick Bosa. That was fantastic. And and, yeah. and, and and all of a sudden they traded barely anything, an inexpensive uh, trade there with the Colts. I was shocked. 
I, I, I texted Jen's brother. He's a big Colts guy. I texted him, I said, I think we just stole something from you. Because yeah. We traded a second-round pick next year and exchanged a first and a second this year. Makes zero sense because overall, a second-rounder next year, you never know if that guy's going to hit or not, whoever you get in the second round. And I'll take that all day. You got Montez Sweat, who was projected one of the top ten guys. You never know if it's a mi- misdiagnosis or not. Who, who the hell knows? But overall, you're looking at this guy and saying, this guy can go out there. I mean, he had, what, I think it was tw- uh, ten and a half sacks, I think it was, in 2017. And this past year, I think he had 12 sacks this year. So overall, uh, a, a real good pass. Yeah. The, the guy runs a 4-4, 40-yard dash. They <laughs> said that it would have been, I think, the third fastest running back time, I think, or something, something of that nature. I forgot this exact stat. But he was... 4-4. I mean, that's a, that's a hell of a pass rusher. Yep. He kind of reminds me of a, like a Robert Mathis or kind of like a Von Miller type on the outside because you got a speed guy uh, on the outside that's actually going to get around those slower tackles. And if you see Ryan Kerrigan on one side and him on the other, it kind of goes back to, quote-unquote, those, Col- those Colts days with Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney on the outsides where you have to worry about both guys and not just one. Yeah. So overall, that's going to be a, a big value pick for the skids if he can pile through. And hopefully, maybe he can get, I would say, hopefully seven to ten sacks in the first year is a pretty damn good first uh, pro campaign. Yeah, I would hope so. And so, you know, you think of this as, you know, you've got Ryan Anderson, the, the Alabama boy. Yeah. You've got Ryan Kerrigan. You've got the two Ryans, and now you add Montez Sweat in that. In, in a defense that already was looking pretty impressive heading into this season, and now you go and add sweat to that occasion, and, yeah. and I think he can really pan out well. And like you said about Dwayne Haskins, is the Redskins you know, don't have to rush Haskins into this situation. It's not suddenly all hands exactly. on deck. You know, We're handing over the, the keys to the franchise to you. But give him a chance yeah. to possibly win the job out of camp. I mean, let's see how he looks in the preseason. Let's see how he looks out of camp. I mean, he's just balling, then you have to start him. Exactly. Um, but we'll, we'll kind of see how that pans out. And then, you know, those are two very good picks. And then as far as some of the other picks, just, you know, we can kind of touch on those real yeah. quick. So it was kind of interesting that, you know, they got Dwayne Haskins' buddy there and McLaurin, the well, he, wide receiver you, out of Ohio State. I don't know if you heard State. that, that Dwayne told the skins. They said, hey, please just get one of the guys from Ohio State. It's, yeah. it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pan out. And they got Terry McLaurin, like you just said. Yeah, and this is a guy that averaged, you know, 20 yards per catch last season. Speed guy, too. Uh, speed guy. He can play special teams. He can block. He's, you know, this, this is a... Um, you know, just a good offensive player that they can add um, in in that in you know on well, the offensive side, that, or they could put him in defense. He could be you know a safety or something. Yeah, they, they they said that he they don't know if he's going to start over Josh Doxson, who by the way, Josh Doxson they just picked up his player option and said that we are not or they're, they're yeah. not going to pick yeah, up his not player. Gonna, yeah. That's what I meant to say. Uh, and and he's possibly this is a make or break year for him. And uh, they said that, that McLaurin is going to face or go off with him and possibly be a starter on this team with Paul Richardson on the opposite side. Uh, and then you also have Trey Quinn to, to add in there and so on and so forth. But big pick by them. I didn't really know yeah. who he was too much, but he doesn't have the great stat line. But, I mean, a, a stacked field. Ohio, Ohio State, I think, had three receivers picked in the first three rounds, mm-hmm. uh, which when you look at that, that's a pretty pretty decent uh, uh, deal for Ohio State overall. Uh, an Urban uh, Meyer list Ohio State now, but really when you're looking at it, uh, it, it's a big deal for the Skins to get someone that Dwayne is 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 a com- a, a accompanied with, basically to go out there and say, yeah. hey, me and him have good timing. We've been, we've played together for an entire year, so overall, I think that ha- having him possibly on the outside, uh, not a huge guy. I think he's six foot. But not a huge guy, but overall, he's definitely a good piece to have for Dwayne Haskins his first year into the league. But moving on to the next pick, 
Um, this was an interesting one. This is where I texted you and I said, I don't know if you recall, uh, because this was obviously on Saturday. Uh, I think it might have been, maybe, maybe it was late Friday. I, for, I forgot exactly what it was. But they had Bryce Love, the running back out of Stanford. Yeah. Now, I knew the name, obviously, because uh, of the big news of two years ago. Uh, uh, he was actually a Heisman finalist in the top, I think, four guys for the Heisman finalist. But then last year tore his ACL and so on and so forth. I texted you and said, not really happy with this draft pick. Fourth round, you can, you can find some serviceable linemen or, or depth guys or whatever it may be in that situation. But why would you go for Bryce Love when you already have Darius Geis you got last year? He should be panning out because, of, yes, obviously he had the ACL and so on and so forth, but he's had over a year now to heal. I mean, he's going to be on the right track, and you just signed AP for the next two years. Yeah. Why would you go out and get this guy in the fourth round? But I think the thing was, now that it's actually progressed a little bit, is that they're saying that Chris Thompson, this is his last year, mm-hmm. if he goes out there and you know, tries to get a lot of money, the Redskins are not going to pay that. So that's why they got Bryce Love, who's an athletic back out of Stanford, to, to have him for 2020 instead of 2019. So what do you think about yeah, that? Yeah, that's exactly it. I mean, you've got three guys in Peterson, Geis, and Thompson that have all kind of had issues, you know, injuries or the fact that Adrian Peterson's getting up there in age again continues. You know, it, it kind of gives them – the Redskins are kind of using Love as an option to, I think, eventually just – overtaking Chris Thompson's position on this team and being that yeah. kind of third-string running back uh, position. and Third-down running back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then, um, but I think he'll actually pass him in the depth chart, too. Uh, Even this at, year. At some point. At some point, possibly. Um, and then definitely moving forward, of course. So yeah. I think it's, like you said, uh, in the fourth round, you can go a lot of different ways. Um, and a lot I think, of options. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, because keep in mind, I mean, Thompson's missed 12 games over the last two years. Yeah. He's had some issues. So, you know, having Bryce Love at, at, in a, as, a, as your fourth-round draft pick to possibly kind of work in that third down back and all that stuff. I, I, I don't hate the move. I think, I think, like you said, you may initially not like it, and then yeah. once you look into the, some of the decisions, exactly. you go, okay, yeah, this makes After a little a more sense. After a few days and some analysis from guys, then, you know, because I didn't know Chris Thompson was on his last year, so that's a big deal because then you can sure. save money there because if he rehabs and learns this year and different stuff of that nature, you've got a, a proven guy uh, you know, who was a Heisman finalist in college uh, you know, coming into the mix and, and trying to take that spot. Uh, next couple guys, yeah. we got some guys for the O line. Uh, yep, Wes Martin. Wes, Wes Martin, who's a center out of Indiana. It's just some depth, a depth move there. No idea who he is. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's just a depth guy. I mean, they, 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 got, they got what, Flowers, and they're, they're going to, they already signed him yeah. and, and they want to use him at guard. Um, Hopefully, yeah. And then they got the, then they got yeah. Ross Persbacher or whatever. Oh, his Bama name is, boy, who actually, yeah, yeah, they're they're only Bama boy this year, which is surprising. Six four, three hundred and seven pounds, uh, and he's a four year starter at uh, Alabama, which is a pretty big deal. Uh, so he has uh, pretty much, uh, obviously, the most experience out of anybody. But uh, round fifth, uh, round five, you can't really say that that's a steal. Uh, but overall, I think they got him because he can actually play anywhere. Because, uh, or I don't know about tackle, but they said that he's played center and guard multiple times. Uh, for Alabama, and he's also been to multiple championship games, so he's been under the big spotlight, so that's a pretty big deal as well. But 6'4", 307 pounds, pretty good deal. Then you go on uh, to the last few rounds. They got Cole Holcomb uh, from uh, North Carolina, the linebacker. Very speedy guy, a very good tackler, uh, but most likely will be a special teams guy and maybe a third uh, ra- a third 
what do they call it, third stringer uh, at the linebacker spot uh, now that that spot's actually starting to crowd up. The biggest pick that I believe, which we will get to your biggest pick here soon as well, is the next guy in round six at pick number 206 yeah. in Kelvin Harmon. Yeah. He's slow, but he has very good size out of NC State. And I saw a video of him on 106.7's uh, Twitter the other day of him just sitting there with a jugs machine catching him one-handed. Which was, I mean, I retweeted it on my on my Twitter at Cerrone sixteen. You can follow follow me there, and also follow uh, Ben and the show at DC Cross at as at the DC Cross crossover. Excuse me. So Kellen Harmon, he's a big guy um, that has good size, and he also can catch things with one hand and and bring in those balls. But at round six, just to get some more wide receiver depth and give hit this guy a shot, that's a pretty damn good deal. Yeah, I think so too. Uh, I mean. They need these kind of bigger physical receivers, and this is what this guy kind of is. And he uh, definitely, you know, can block. He can, uh, you know, he's a he's he's, he's a possession receiver yeah, type guy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think getting all the draft is you know a, a lot about kind of adding depth to certain spots. And I think the Redskins have did, did a really nice job in this year's draft. Kind of okay, you add some different guys on the defensive side of the football. You've added a few wide receiver options because we know, especially with the skins, that, you know, they've had problems, uh, you know, with injuries and things like that. I mean, look what happened last season. So I think that this gives them, um, you know, some some good options for guys to compete for these positions. So I agree with you in the the fact that Harmon is really kind of a steal here in the sixth round because then when you get to the last couple picks, I mean, we got Jimmy Moreland. Well, that's Jimmy Moreland. I mean, local local JMU guy. Sure. I've actually heard, uh, I think it might have been from Daniel Jeremiah who actually said that he is – if he was a little bit bigger, he'd be yeah. one of the top corners in the draft because of the sole fact that he's too small. I think he's 5'10 or 5'9 or something of that nature. Yeah, 5'9, 179 pounds. Yeah, so, so I mean, he's short, but they said he has some of the best ball skills. Sure. Out of the, but because he plays at JMU, it's a big difference. Uh, yeah, and, and you know, like the, the Redskins already added, you know, three quarters late last year and, and free agency and all this slot. stuff. Yeah, so, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see what happens with him. And then last one, Jordan Railford, um, the uh, out of Oklahoma State. Um, this is a guy that has actually some pretty decent speed. Um, you know, he's going to be trying to kind of make the team, <laughs> make the team basically, and, and, and be another option. As we already know, Kerrigan Sweat and Anderson are going to be the other guys on the outside linebacker position. But, yeah. you know, you, you got to pick somebody at <laughs> 253rd overall. But, but yeah, I think, I think Harmon's probably my, you know, I, I really like that option um, there. Um, and then I do think that we're going to be surprised by the impact of a guy like Terry McLaurin, who, um, you know, you may not really think about him as a major option for this team, but I think the fact that he and Haskins are good friends and know each other and they played together, he'll find a role. He'll find a role and make an impact for sure. So overall, I mean, I I don't know about you, but I felt very good about the Redskins draft. I like, I don't have, and I I like to be very pessimistic. And and so, so do you, when it comes to DC sports, like that's part of our job here is, from the fan perspective, and I can't be too nitpicky about this draft. I think that the Redskins literally did... Just spilled water all over us. That's okay. Well, I'll be nitpicky <laughs> about your water uh, drinking skills, but I think I think the Redskins did exactly what they needed to do in this draft. They got some surprises. They were able to pull off some good deals. You've got a quarterback for the future. You've got some wide receiver help. You've got yep. some great defensive uh, help, and then you know some options, some depth. So... Um, on at the guard position and things like that. So yeah. overall, I'm pleased, man. I'm pleased. 
So, I, and, I, and I hate being this happy about the, the Redskins yeah. doing something well. Or as, like, like they always say, like again, uh, or, or they're, they're winning off the field. That's, yeah. that's the biggest thing yep. is you've got to start winning on the field you know, because if you, if you just keep winning off the field, it's, you know, you're know you going to get the praise like this, and everyone, just like you said, is not happy about being happy about the draft, yeah. you know, something like that. Yeah. So that's yep. the biggest thing. But overall, I would give this, the, the draft a, a good mark as well uh, just because they filled, sure. they filled some needs and they got some impact players and they got good prices for those impact players because now you replace Preston Smith, which was a big deal. You got some O-line depth, hopefully, that you, know, you can surpass Ari Kwanjo and some of these guys that were on the depth chart that really haven't helped our team in a while uh and, you know you got some experienced guys good character guys and Dwayne Haskins you know a local product at the Bullets in Maryland uh he's coming right down the street to play at FedEx Field and hopefully be our next franchise quarterback and then also Montez Sweat uh filling in the role of Preston Smith uh and we'll obviously be getting uh some uh, of uh, Steve's uh, from Let's Talk Redskins again that was our pre-draft interview, which obviously you don't have to listen to it now. If you really are bored, you can go listen to it, but it, it's already stuff that happened, so it doesn't really matter. Uh, but we're going to get his take on the draft and everything as well in the next few weeks and see uh, once pre uh, or uh, uh, not spring training. What's it? Uh, what am I thinking of? Training preseason. Camp, preseason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I was like, it's not spring training, but yeah, it's, it's coming up, man. Yeah, it's coming up. So we'll have to get we'll have to months. get some of his uh, takes as well. Which once the season starts, we'll get him. Uh, and Chris on a little bit more as well. But overall, the Redskins, decent draft. But yep. moving on to something not so positive, <laughs> uh, our Washington Capitals, which we didn't get to talk to before uh, or about before because of their first-round exit after winning the Cup. Eller for the draw! And as the puck drops, the words that D.C. fans have been waiting to hear since 1974! Time to talk a little Washington Capitals, and unfortunately, with how exciting that the uh, the little sound clip was, that was uh, <laughs> That's all she wrote. Not going to be the case this year as the Caps get the early hook. Um, kind of surprising, obviously. Well, not kind of surprising, very surprising um, that this team lost this early. But then, then you look around the NHL, and there was a lot of first round upsets and things like that. But yeah. It doesn't make it hurt any less, and the Washington Capitals uh, find themselves not advancing, and now you've got uh, Carolina actually turning around and uh, beating the Islanders, sweep. sweeping them 4-0. It was never even close, too. That's pretty much it. And now they're waiting the winner of the Bruins and the Blue Jackets. The Bruins up that series 3-2. On the other side of the thing, Blues and Stars, that's a – a 3-3 series. They're going to be going to Game 7. Um, and then lastly, the Sharks and the Avalanche Sharks lead that series 3-2. They'll play uh, Game 6 on Monday. But for the Capitals, unfortunately, they're done. And Caps fans are kind of left wondering, you know, what the hell happened here yep. as the team basically, you know, came into the playoffs uh Pretty similar record from, you know, what they were able to do, almost identical to what they were able to do in their championship campaign. I mean, they were one point short 
of their total from 2017-2018. They again once the, uh, won the Met. Um, they had home ice for the first two rounds of the playoffs. Uh, but things just did not go how we kind of thought. I mean, you and I on the show, and we weren't the only ones. You and I were saying that this Carolina series should not even be uh, a question yeah. of the Caps winning this series. And um, they just, uh, you know, weren't able to. I mean, they looked over a match. They were slow. You have some big injuries there um, in Kepney and, and Oshie. Um, and, you know, things just did not go well for the Caps. And Carolina just was able to uh, take down the defending champs. And, Mike, I I don't know. I mean, this is, this is one of those weird... You know, t- there's nothing harder in sports than defending a championship, and, oh, yeah. and no matter what the sport is. But the Caps, I thought, had a legit shot of at least getting back to the big dance. Yeah, I thought that they had a shot, and that's just well, not it's what because happened. it's because our series was like one of the last ones to wrap up. Obviously, mm-hmm. so when you saw the Blue Jackets just handle manhandle the Lightning, then you saw the long series between the Bruins and the Leafs, uh, which I thought the Leafs would win that one. That didn't happen. And then you obviously saw Barry Trotz and the Islanders, who have a worse team than the Pens, take care of them pretty handily. You said, well, wow, this East is wide open. And obviously you saw the Isles, who are undermanned, obviously, with with talent, I should say, um, you know, go against a wild card team in Carolina, which, you know, they got over the hump beating the Stanley Cup champions of 2018, the Washington Capitals. And, and obviously the Hurricanes just went in there with some vets and some, some young guns, and they just whooped up on the Isles and, Barry Trotz, obviously, he looked a little undermanned there, like I said, with talent because the Isles should never have been there in the first place, uh, at least in the playoffs, I should say, um, because of obviously their their talent, uh, the lack of talent there. You know, you lost John Tavares and different stuff of that nature before the season. And then really, you just saw, like you said, the the East being wide open and they had a good shot to make it back to the big dance, um, you know, at least in the Eastern Conference Finals and possibly meet up with maybe the Bruins, who obviously right now it's 3-2 as we record this. And it didn't happen. And I honestly think that you can say excuses if you want, which obviously I will say a couple excuses. Uh, sure. Because most everything has an excuse into it. It could be valid. It could not be. Uh, but one of the biggest things, in my opinion, was the the officiating. And the officiating for most of these series, especially the, the, uh, the, the Stars series, uh, has been hor- hor- horrendous, has been atrocious. And that's the thing is that the Washington Capitals in the last three games had so many things go against them, which was just, I mean, embarrassing for the NHL as a whole. Because, I mean, you look at the NHL and say, all right, this, you know, has to be looked at or something of that nature. Because you can't go into a series like the Capitals and the Hurricanes where the Caps should have easily won that. They were up 3-2 in the series, should have easily, uh, you know, won in game six after just embarrassing the Hurricanes at, on home ice, uh, six to nothing. And then you just see them get in, and they got calls against them in the six to nothing game. That's the funny thing. They got calls against them in the six to nothing game, and they still won that game. Now, obviously, people say, oh, yeah, good teams, they, they overcome bad calls. Well, they should, they should, you shouldn't have bad calls, plural. You know, they sh- you shouldn't have that multiple times. One, maybe two, okay. But you can't have three, four bad calls. I mean, look in game, game seven. I believe it was game seven. You had Brooks Orpit getting basically tackled at mid-ice sure. right in front of referees. Uh, the puck was nowhere near him. He got tackled from behind. No call. You had the, the – in game six, you had the Ovi goal that was called back. 
That was a that was, was going to be a, what a three three game or something like that. Ended up being a five two final uh, because of empty netters and such and so on and so forth. I mean, it, it, it's just you, you look at some of these 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 situations. I mean, look at uh, what was it Nick Nick Jensen, your former Red Wing. He goes out there, gets cut. Bleeds should be a double minor, no call whatsoever. Should have been a four-minute uh, penalty. Caps would have had a chance to go up. I think possibly uh, three to to one or four to four to one at that point. I mean, situations like that shouldn't be happening. Where a guy gets cut and there's two refs looking at the play and you don't see the blood dripping down the guy's face. I mean, it, it's just. Blatant calls that are there that don't get called are just embarrassing. That's what really irritates me. But that's one excuse that I will say. The other excuse is the secondary line scoring. It's not really an excuse. It's more of a reason uh, because it's the truth. The secondary scoring was not there whatsoever. And, you know, you had Backstrom and, and, and Ovechkin score over eight points each in this series. I mean, they're averaging over, over a point a game. You need some secondary scoring because – as many goals as we did score, you need some secondary scoring because that was just embarrassing from Jacob Vrana. So from even Evgeny Kuznetsov, he yeah. was embarrassing. He's bad. And you see some of these situations where you have power plays and he's skating the puck in. And many analysts have said this, that you see him skating the puck in just recklessly and just losing it and then just keep clearing it. I mean, a couple of those power plays from the Caps in the last few games literally – we're just downright atrocious because you see stupid plays like from Evgeny Kuznetsov where they don't, they get maybe one dump in and that's the only possession they get out of two minutes. I mean, come on, you're a man up. You shouldn't be doing that. If you're going to be doing this slingshot bit, then you had to dump the puck in and slingshot yourself through the defense while they're standing flat-footed. But you didn't do that. You tried to skate it in. They just poke checked it and they cleared it and that was it. It's just embarrassing because. This team, we were set up, and we said it before the playoffs. And I, and I guess we're eating crow now because you look at it and say, we both said we wanted the Carolina Hurricanes. So we had the best shot of beating them, number one. Yeah. And number two, the sole fact that we barely even went into the series because we both said, okay, you know, this is not, this is over. We won't stay too much time on this. And we did that, and look what happened. Now the Carolina Hurricanes, this wild card team, is now, I mean, this is obviously what happens, like you said, in the NHL playoffs. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. It's the craziest and the most difficult playoffs uh, system that they have right now. Obviously, the seeding most likely sucks. Uh, you can just say that right now. But uh, you're looking at the Carolina Hurricanes, and, I mean, even the Avalanche, they're taking the Sharks to the, br- uh, to the brink as well, and the Avalanche aren't that great either. So, I mean, you look at it right now, you could possibly, if the, if the Jackets come back, uh, at this, at next week, we'll obviously know. But if the Jackets come back, I mean, you have two wild card teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, which is it's just kind of embarrassing because you don't see the best hockey, but you, you see teams that are on a high. And I think that's why the Hurricanes, because they got over the hump with the Caps, that's why they just they beat snot out of the aisles because they they're like, oh, this you know we just played the, one of the best teams in the NHL. Now we're playing one of the the mediocre teams for the most part, you could say, uh, with just a great coach, and we just beat the crap out of them. So yeah. I mean, looking at it, it's just it's just not good. And Braden Holpe didn't have a great game in Game Seven, where sure. he let in a shorty, then he let in a, a terrible goal to Jordan Stahl, and it was just it just went downhill. And sitting here watching, I was I just I was just stunned after the game, saying 
how did we lose the series? And yeah. We ended up doing it. Yeah, I think the Caps kind of did what you and I did, and I think they just overlooked the Canes. I think yeah. they just thought that this was going to be, especially when you go up 2-0 in that series. I mean, they look think, tired as hell in OT, too. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's the thing. The Caps go 2-0, up two, two games to nothing in the series, and you kind of think, all right, this series is going to be over. Yeah. You know, maybe the Canes will steal one game and make this a 4-1 series. We'd, and, and then, you know, the Caps aren't able to get it done. And then the, the series was uh, the story of not being able to finish ball games. You had... Yeah. A 3-2 series lead, they can't get it done. In Game 7, the Cavs had a 2-0 lead and then a 3-1 lead, and they couldn't hold on to that. I mean, this was kind of the story of this series is the fact that, uh, you know, the Cavs just couldn't finish. Uh, they, they just clearly the Canes wanted it more than, than the Caps did because the Caps just, you got to be, to win the Stanley Cup, you got to be able to finish hockey games. And the, the Caps just weren't able to do that. This was a team that they should have beaten. I think every single person in that Caps locker room knows that they should have won this series. Um, and they didn't. And it like, really goes on them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, there was some terrible officiating. Um, there was some definitely some bad individual plays. But I think you also have to look at, you know, the coaching staff a little bit as well when you go, you know, when a team is up in in the in the series three two or two two games nothing or even a particular game uh, three to one and they let a team come back into the game, some of that blame does go on a guy like Reardon who you know, that's his job. His job is to make sure that his teams finish these ball games and, and and get the wins. And it's funny, I saw an interesting article in the Washington Post that was kind of comparing, you know, Davey Martinez and Todd Reardon in that, you know, these are guys that inherited situations from older uh, managers, and these were kind of, kind of young guys that um, – you know, we're coming into this coaching position, taking over teams that it should be a no-brainer that they win, you know, World Series or Stanley Cup championship, stuff like that. And they're not able to do so. They're over their head. And I think Reardon this year did a pretty good job with this Caps team. I think, you know, they I, – I don't know if they would have – I don't think they would have done worse if if another manager was in there for, for this season with the Caps. I mean, they dealt with some adversity. They put together almost a mirror image. But when it comes down to playoffs, that's where you see – and, yeah, Barry Trotz's team just got kicked out. But I don't know if a Barry Trotz team loses this series against Carolina. I mean, do I know that for sure? No. The adjustments but weren't in, there. Exactly. I, I think in-game adjustments, I think just getting your guys say, hey, we we got to finish this ball game. we got to finish this. Um, it just wasn't there. So for me, I think you've got to look some at Reardon, look some, and then look at the Caps as a whole, that they looked tired, yeah. they looked slow, and uh, they just didn't look like they wanted it as bad. There were some guys, I mean, guys like Ovi, he always is going to go out there and bust his ass. Monster. Like, you know, Him and Baxter. Baxter exactly. was the, the yeah. leading scorer, and he, he's he's a helper. He's yeah. not, he's not yep. the scorer, he's the helper. Yeah, exactly. So, like, you know, those are types of guys where they tried their best. Like, you can't you can't hate on them at all. But I agree. I mean, Holpe was not as sharp. I mean, this was not a Stanley Cup winning goalkeeper, goaltender, rather, uh, this, this season. So, this stinks. I mean, it stinks for the Caps, stinks for the fans, because this was, a, I thought, another chance for the Caps to make a run at this thing, and they're out, and now you're looking at. I mean, I don't know who I, I don't know who I'm rooting for at this at this stage now. I mean, it's almost like okay, you know, I I don't mind a Carolina story if they're going to make it take the ride this high all the way to the cup, especially if Boston wins. I don't want Boston to make it to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. So if it's Carolina, Boston, I'll root for Carolina. And then on the other side, I don't really care. All the teams that I kind of liked are out at this point. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't mind the Stars. I mean, good good for them. Or, or... I mean, I, I've said I've said before that I I would like to to see the Stars win just because I know a few people that are Stars fans, yeah. and I have no ties 
to uh, Dallas in the sense of hockey. I hate I hate the Dallas Cowboys more than anything in this world. Uh, but the stars, I don't really care about. Sure, um, you know they have nothing n- nothing against us. We don't have a rivalry against them. There's there's, there's nothing there. Um, and I, I just won't. I just don't want to see the Hurricanes win, and I don't want to see Boston win. Yeah. Just like you mentioned last or a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I would like to see either the Sharks or the or the Stars to win. Sure. Uh, out of the West. So you want but, the West to yeah. win. But obviously, I probably won't be watching too much of the games. So I just get the no. score updates here and there. But yeah, I got you. Going into, real quick, uh, sure. the, the, the the cap space and all the, obviously all these free agents, as uh, I, I didn't mention to you that we can talk about that real quick. Sure. I'm on capfriendly.com. And uh, the, the thing about it is, is this year we have a lot of guys that are on the market. Uh, only a few guys, such as uh, Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie, Nick Backstrom, Kuznetsov, and Ovechkin uh, as the forwards. And obviously, you know, some other guys like Travis Boyd, Nick Dow, we don't have to worry about them. Uh, and also Lars Eller. Uh, really, when you're looking at it, some of these guys uh, need to be either re-upped or let go because the un- unrestricted free agents are Carl Haglin at age 30. I think they should re-sign him because uh, uh, he was making $1.875 million this year, which is nothing for your cap. If you can make, if you can get a deal with him for another three years of doing that, I'll take it at age thirty. Um, and then uh, you look at Andre Burakovsky. I mean, he was making three million this year. Uh, played okay in the last few games of the of the playoffs, but this year is a real down year for him at age twenty four. Yep. He's a restricted free agent, so the Caps are the ones with the rights to to give him a contract first um, and uh, see if that works out. We'll have to see about that. You got Brett Connolly. I think he's going to ask for more money because he only got one point five. Uh, for his deal uh, before at age 27. I think he's going to be gone. Uh, Dimitri Yaskin, uh, I don't know about all that situation. We'll just see about him. We didn't see too much of him this year. Smith Pelley, I think he's gone uh, as well as an unrestricted free agent um, unless they can get him for another show-me deal, maybe you know a, a million for a year or something like that. And uh, Jacob, uh, Jacob Verana, I mean, he was getting less than a million dollars last year on his rookie deal. He's 23 years old. He's a restricted free agent. I have no idea uh, what they're going to do with him because they got to rework the salary and all that kind of stuff. But (coughs) that came on quick. Um, But the thing about it is they got to look at here, Ben, is Nicholas Backstrom, unrestricted free agent in 2021, or excuse me, 2020 and 2021. Uh, So he has one more year left on his contract for next season. Uh, And at age 31 currently, uh, that's going to be something you got to look forward to because you don't really want to sign him, uh, I would say, past 35. Uh, so you got to look and see if he's going to accept a deal uh, you know, to stay with the Caps, which I think he personally will, staying his entire career with the Caps. There's no point of moving on and getting some more money somewhere else, in like Minnesota or something like that. No point. So that, that's one thing they got to rework these contracts or figure out their contract situation for him coming up. And then you got Ovi uh, at age 33 right now who just had a 50-plus goal season, who is unbelievable, making $9.5 million, obviously the biggest number on your whole entire team, unrestricted free agent in 2021 and 22. So that's a big deal as well. So you got Lars Eller right now under contract uh, for another f- uh, three seasons. Then you got four seasons coming up from Tom Wilson, five-plus from TJ Oshie, and then also uh, Kuznetsov, five-plus. Then you look at the defense real quick. Brooks Orpik, he's going to be Dunsky, unless they can get him for a, a, a minimum as well as they did last year of getting it back. And you also have John Carlson uh, locked up, uh, Orlov's locked up, Kempney's locked up for another couple of years, uh, Niskanen's in 2021-2022. Uh, so, and then Jonas Siegenthaler, who actually played pretty well, he might get a lower contract, I believe, because he didn't play that much 
Uh, but we'll see, though. I mean, honestly, yeah, Braden Hopi also unrestricted free agent. He has one more year left on his contract as well. So, yep. really, it's just going to be – and not, not to mention, I don't know if you saw it, in the AHL, the, the Hershey Bears have the two two of the top uh, five save percentage goalies in the entire league right now. I don't hmm. know if you knew that. No. Um, and uh, so, uh, obviously, I'm not going to know their names. Uh, <laughs> sure, sure. I mean, no, we don't watch Bears games. Uh, but really, when you're looking at it, uh, that's going to be a big deal to see if you want to keep Holpe as well. But for a Vesna Trophy winner at age 29 right now, I think you still got to sign him. And then those other sure. guys, you can bring them up and pop, pop, have one be a backup and then try to do a deal like you did with Grubauer and get some capital or get somebody, get somebody else uh, to see what you want to do. But overall, do you have any thoughts on their contract situation right no, now? No, I mean, I think for the most part, your main guys are going to be the mainstays for this team yeah. still kind of moving forward. I mean, you're still going to have Oshie for a while, still going to have Ovi, you know, things like that. But there may be some changes here over the next couple seasons where the yeah. Caps, that Stanley Cup champion team, is going to be starting to see some differences. That's the biggest thing we sure. said is that this season – was a lost season because really once was. we lost, yep. I mean, that, this was a core group of guys, yep. and then you're going to see a lot of changes this offseason. You are. So you are. Who, who knows? Because, <laughs> I mean, you don't have that many years of Alex Ovechkin left because those years have been flying and by. And you don't know what's going to happen with Backstrom exactly. in that situation. I mean, these are the guys that have been – because Backstrom was one on, what, a 10-year contract, I think? So, like, you know, you're, you're used to seeing, okay, here's Nicholas Backstrom. Here's Alex Ovechkin. Here's, Cornerstones. You know, you, you're, you're Oshi. I mean, he'll still be around through 2022. I mean, he'll He's be around for a while. He's still 32 years old. Yeah, so. yeah, so he'll be around for a while. He and Tom Wilson are both locked up for, for yeah. the foreseeable future. Um, You've got some good guys that are locked up. Same with Lars Eller. Yeah. Same with Kuznetsov. Um, so, you know, you've got, you've got some guys that are in there for a while. Yep. But... Um, yeah, like you said, I think it'll be interesting to see where we're at with Ovi in 2021 when he yeah. becomes an unrestricted free agent. Um, I mean, he's up there in years. You got to think he doesn't have that many years left. I, I if I, you know, I would assume he'd want to retire of Washington Capital. Um, I, that's the thing. He he will, but I think they're going to have to renegotiate the contract, obviously, and, yeah. and try to bring it down a few million and say, yeah. you're getting up there in age. Yeah, look, we want you, know, you to retire as a cap. We'd love to win some more games. We got to sign some other guys. Exactly. You're going to have to sacrifice. You, you can't take almost ten exactly. million off our cap. So we'll see. I, I agree with you. I think that's a good way to put it. In that this was a wasted season for the Washington Capitals. I mean, there is nothing more annoying in sports than sitting through an entire season, having your team make the playoffs and be gone after the first round. Yeah, that is a waste. Um, you know, you'd rather just not even make the playoffs as a whole than lose in the first round. You lose in the second round, okay, so be it. But waiting through eighty-two games and then watching seven more, and then you're done. Is, is pretty pathetic. And it wasn't even like you were a wild card team, like yeah. the Hurricanes. or No, this team I should mean, have was expected to make it the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, yeah. the Caps. This was a team that was basically the same team as they were last year as Stanley Cup champs. And, but that, again, goes to show you hockey is just one of those sports, man. You get hot yep. at the right time. Um, you know, the regular season is important. You got to at least get in to the playoffs, and then from there, anybody can win. It's yeah. anybody's game who's ever hot at that point. That's why it's so tough. It's different than the other sports. But I mean, give credit to Carolina. They wanted it more. They beat the defending Stanley Cup champs, and then they came out and destroyed <laughs> Trotz's uh, Trotz's team. So you know, we'll see how the rest of the playoffs pan out. But I don't know about you. I'm not really that interested <laughs> in the <laughs> NHL playoffs me either, because I mean, there's there, there's not a. Okay. And this is the DC crossover, so yeah. you know we're going to be focusing exactly. on on the DC sports. But you know, if you're a big hockey fan, uh, you know, hope you're enjoying you the season. rest of the, <laughs> the rest of the playoffs. <laughs> Time to get to another team that is absolutely driving us nuts. That is the Washington Nationals. Three balls, two strikes. The pitch, swing and a long drive.
there we have it. Washington yep. Nationals. Charlie Slows. Super really... impressive Washington Nationals. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Jeez, that's a, I don't even know what else to say to that. Um, <laughs> Charlie Slows is more impressive yes. every single night with I Dave Jackler on the radio uh, than the Washington Nationals have been this entire season. It's just been a whirlwind. Uh, you know, is it whirlwind or whirlwind? Whirlwind. Whirlwind. Okay. Whirlwind. Let, let me take you through that whirlwind <laughs> real quick, Mike, because last time we did the show was on the 21st, so we were finishing up the Miami series. Yep. The Nats had just squeaked out a 5 nothing win to, to, uh, to get at least one win in that series and avoid the sweep. Since we last did the show, here's the series that have happened. Uh, Colorado, Nats dropped two of those games. Um, they only pick up one win, 6-3. Um, they lose two uh, at home to San Diego and then win a squeaker on Sunday, 7-6. And then St. Louis comes to town. The Nats drop three in a row and then lo- and then win one on Thursday, 2-1. to one. Again, another close game. There's no blowouts here, Papa John's. And then uh, <laughs> today they finished up losing the series, uh, their first road series here uh, on this road trip to Philly, uh, seven to one. They lost two to four on Friday. They did get a ten eight win on Saturday night, and then they lost today. They got crushed seven to one. So that is uh, four different series over last we've last on the show, and the Nats have lost every single one of them, uh, only getting one, two, three, four wins over that span. Four it wins. has been bad. Four wins over three, six. Uh, 10, 13, 13 games. games. Yep, yep, that's the math. Great. It's, that's the math right there. <laughs> it's, it, it, and, and it's funny because we had said that this home series with San Diego and St. Louis, good ball clubs, yep. but this was a really good opportunity for the Nats because they were going to have to head on the road, starting with that Philly series, and then play three in Milwaukee and four in L.A., that you can basically chalk most of those up as losses right now. Yeah. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on in Nats world. We've got the injuries um, are piling up. I mean, you have Matt Adams go on the um, IL today. Uh, you have Anthony Rendon, who actually should be activated here within the next couple days. Uh, but he's been out. May, yeah, May 7th. Yeah, Trey, Turner, uh, Trey Turner's out. Um, you've got Trevor Rosenthal with a, you know the, his little mystery injury there because they're going to pretend like he's hurt just because they don't want him to have to pitch anymore. Um <laughs> It, it's been – and then Michael A. Taylor comes back, and then he gets hurt. Um, he had a wrist injury, and, I mean, it's, it's, been, it's, it's been pretty bad. And then Juan Soto, can't even forget him. Um, you know, so right now, the unavailable, Matt Adams, Anthony Rendon, Trevor Rosenthal, Juan Soto, Trey Turner, and Ryan Zimmerman. All of these guys on the 10-day – it's funny, the ESPN has it as uh, DL, but it's IL this year. They changed yeah. that, but ESPN's depth chart doesn't put that on there. Um, Why do they change the IL? I never actually uh, – I up. think – well, I think they change it because they don't want to be referring to them as disabled. Um, and now ah. they want to be referring to them as injured. Because, Mike, remember what year it is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so a lot of weird You're stuff. But I, before we kind of get into it, when we're talking injuries real quick, is um, one weird thing that's happening with the Nats right now is with the Juan Soto injury and with the Anthony Rendon injury is both of these guys were hurt and didn't play for, like, two or three games before the Nationals finally put them on the injured list and then are, are able to fill that roster spot. Because yeah. we had Anthony Rendon out for like three or four straight days 
The Nats finally put him on the IL when we all knew he must be hurt. He should have been put on there before. Same thing happened with Juan Soto. I have Juan Soto in fantasy baseball, and every single day I was getting notification, Juan Soto's not in the lineup today. It's like, well, he's not on the IL either, <laughs> yeah. so I can't move. I don't want to. I, I can't just drop the guy. Yeah. Um, I got no replacement. So it's literally like the Nats have been weird about injury, and then they overcompensate with Matt Adams, who just had a little bit of a shoulder strain. This, he was probably going to be out a couple days. They put him on the 10-day, so now he can't come back. What the hell is going on with these with, with the decisions that are happening with these injured guys? That's what I want to well, know. Well, that's the funny thing, too, is that you look at it, and it's just embarrassing how they're, they're handling these injuries because, you know, Twitter was just going off about Anthony Rendon not being on the injury list because I think he came in and said, oh, his, his, his elbow or forearm or whatever the hell yeah, it is. Yeah, it was the forearm because he got hit on the forearm yeah, and exactly. at that. It was they're, like they're, they're, oh, it's it's flaring up again. Well, shouldn't you know this before you put him in the game, or shouldn't you just put him on the ten day? Because that's why they changed it to ten day from yeah. what was it, fifteen day, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It used exactly. to be fifteen day, and everyone said that was too much because you know some guys only needed you know a week or so, and they said uh, that they changed it to a, a ten day from a fifteen day, which is perfect. Put him ten days, give him some rest. Yeah. You know, at that time we had a couple of days off, so it's not that bad. Give him some rest, be done with it. And they didn't do it for so damn long, so he was taking up a roster spot. So they basically made him take up fifteen days because exactly. they took forever to finally put him on the list. Exactly. So they could same have, thing with Soto. Yeah, they could have brought up a reliever. Or they could have yeah. brought up somebody else to help out, and they didn't do that because he was taking up a roster spot. So yeah. that really screwed us over. And then with the Soto, yeah. Soto thing, the exact same thing. I mean, his back was flaring. It, it, up isn't a some... back? It's a back spasm. Isn't that like when yeah. like your what, what, what is that like a like a, it's like some sort of muscle like ache, ache or like flare ups. It's like spasm. So it's like your muscles are just kind of like, I don't know. Just I don't know. It's, it's I, I, but like it, the same thing is we we got two or three games of Juan Soto having to sit yeah. because of this, and he wasn't on the injured list. And again, there's no point in having Juan Soto sit on the bench if he's not going to get in the game. You might as well put him on the injured list and bring in a possible guy that could play. Not that there's a lot of great options there. You've got Jake Nall bolt, uh, booting every grounder sent his way. You've got Carter Keboom, who's really supposed to be our second baseman of the future, not yeah. our shortstop. Of he's the future, not this year. Of the future, uh, suddenly being thrust in this position where he's our starting shortstop, yeah. and he's having trouble. Um, you've got Andrew Stevenson in left field. You've got, I mean, uh, you've, you've had our uh, Wilmer Defoe play third base for the last week, couple weeks. This is an embarrassing time for the Nats. They're if it could not get even more embarrassing. They're even talking about today how possibly putting Jan Gomes at catcher and Kurt Suzuki at first or vice versa. Yeah. Which is like, okay. But you wouldn't be surprised at that at this point just because it's just been it, it, it's been so wild how he didn't get to play today. And I keep seeing the excuses from Zuckerman on, on, uh, on Twitter and all this stuff saying, again, uh, how he's th- this age. He's coming off ACL. He's coming off this. Well, guess what? The Nats are, are throwing a triple-A, uh, maybe not even, maybe I, a double-A lineup <laughs> out there. That's what I told you. And it's like, you know, at some point, yeah, you're going to have to have You're throwing guys that should be in triple-A right now, <laughs> yeah. per, you know, in, in the lineup. And that's what you saw. You saw the two guys that shouldn't be in the starting lineup losing the game for them today because you have Jake Noel, who doesn't know how to field a bunt correctly. You have him booting the ball at first base. You have Carter Keeboom with his third error nine games. Like This is like embarrassing to the point where you're looking at it and saying, what in the hell is going on here? Yeah, because- this is the lineup from today. You had Robles batting leadoff in center field like he always is. That's fine. Um, Wilmer Defoe is your number two hitter, your third baseman there with his 239 average. 
Adam Eaton is your number three hitter, who's usually your leadoff guy, who's yeah. been a great leadoff guy this season. Kurt Suzuki is in the four hole. Good for him. The guy's the only guy that can hit the Phillies, I guess, apparently. But still, this is Kurt Suzuki, your catcher. Um, you got Brian Dozier after him with his 186 average. Then you got Andrew Stevenson, who's small sample size, 300 average, but he just came up to the ball club again. Yep. Keyboom, who had a couple nice games, but he's still so young. I mean, he's he's you can't even blame him. Though. You know, you can't. Uh, same with Jake. No, I can't blame the guy for being the position. Now I can blame him for not getting a ground ball. But you know, this is this lineup is. He also came from California last night. This is a team that's supposed to be trying to compete for a World Series. We've got how many minor leaguers that should be in minor league? We got Jake Knoll, Keyboom, Stevenson. Uh, those are three minor leaguers right there that are like rounding yeah. out kind of the, the heart of your order. Well, there's there. only nine guys. <laughs> yeah, so it's it's pretty bad. It's pretty bad right now. They only got one run today against Philly. Is that the excuse they gave for Kendrick again? Yeah, yeah, that's Why? what they gave for not playing him again. Howie today. Kendrick has has 68 at bats, so he's almost on par yeah. with Anthony Rendon with at bats. Only five less than Anthony Rendon. And literally, he's batting – his on-base percentage is only 40 points lower, and he's still over 400 batting percentage – or, excuse me, on-base percentage than, than Anthony Rendon. And the guy is not Anthony Rendon. Like, yeah. I mean, Howie Kendrick's a great hitter, don't get me wrong, but he's batting three thirty-eight and 68 at-bats, has only 10 strikeouts, 14 RBIs, eight total walks, which is pretty damn good, four homers, three double – I mean – what 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 are they why do they keep saying that? And that's another reason why. Which let's let's get into it right now before sure. we get into some adjustments they need to make and all that kind of crap. I don't understand that if people keep saying that you know. And one of the guys we love, Grant Paulson on 107 The Fan, was saying that he doesn't think uh, the sample size is big enough just yet for Davey. He thinks that you know they should they should be into. I think they said. June or July, I forgot exactly which month he said. Yeah, uh, I think he said. No, he said at the end of May. He'll say what he needs to. And I said, why? There, there were thirty plus games into this se- season. We're fourteen and nineteen, so they're 30, 33 games into this season, and there are six hundred uh, or yeah, one hundred sixty-two. So you're almost what? Almost two hundred games in, and the guy's playing under five hundred ball. Why isn't he on the hot seat? Why can't you turn the burner, burner past Simmer and, and, and say, hey, this guy has three years on his contract and he's playing or he's managing like crap? Now, everyone says, and this is, this is what's bugging me, dude. Like, I've literally texted you so many times. Like, I'm so sick and tired of everyone saying, Oh yeah, well they don't have their starting third baseman. They don't have their starting shortstop. They don't even have their starting their starting uh, first baseman in Ryan Zimmerman. It's like number one, Ryan Zimmerman was a liability. I'm not going to get into that right now, but he was a liability. Matt Adams came in and Matt Adams was actually playing pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. I mean, right now Matt Adams is hitting 250. Ryan Zimmerman's hitting 213. Okay, that's a, a marginal improvement right there with Matt Adams having three bombs as many as Ryan Zimmerman having less at bats. Had 11 less at bats. Okay, put it that way. And he has on par with with more as, as many hits. So, anyways, besides the point, you're looking at it and say Matt Adams came in and did did his job pretty pretty damn well. You you have to give it yeah, to him for okay? sure. Not not great, but he did it did a lot better than Ryan Zimmerman in, in my opinion. But then you look at it and say a little bit of an upgrade there. So you can't use Zimmerman as an, as an excuse right there. 
Howie Kendrick, you could put him in because of, of what he's doing uh, at, at bat in for Rendon and say he's been playing pretty well. Turner only had four games, so you can't really say, oh, yeah, well, Turner made that much of a difference in four games because we lost uh, one out of the first – or we won one of the first four. So it wasn't that huge, even though he did have four stolen bases. So that's a big deal. He's coming back soon. But you, you basically have a little bit of marginal upgrade with Matt Adams and a marginal upgrade or let's just say a tiny downgrade with Howie Kendrick uh, with the feeling and stuff aspect than Anthony Rendon. But why is everyone saying that, oh, the injuries, the injuries, the injuries? We, we weren't winning with them anyways. Yeah. And Anthony Rendon had – we were, I forgot what our record was. We were 10-10 and 10 when Anthony Rendon got hurt. Mm-hmm. We were 10-10. and 10. So don't don't act like like we were you know ten and, and two and we were kicking everyone's ass. I mean we're we're being morons because of the sole fact of our lineup being stupidly run with Ryan Zimmerman getting the, getting time all the time. And as you mentioned, Brian Dozier he's hitting one eighty freaking six with over a hundred at bats. I mean it's embarrassing to have him in, even in the lineup right now. And I'm tired of everyone saying. And I told you this before multiple times. Why in the world is everyone keeps saying the stupid thing of, oh, well, check the baseball card. And I like Mike Rizzo, but he's one of the leaders in the clubhouse who keeps saying that stupid thing. I, I even texted you. If you want to look at the club or want to look at the stupid baseball card, then go get Ryan, Roger Clemens, who's pitching in like some like side league or something like that at 55 years old because he has a damn good baseball card as well. Put him in the stupid starting lineup. Mm-hmm. It's like you can't look at the past. You got to look at what they're doing now. And that's what really irritates me is that if you look at the past, why isn't Howie Kendrick batting more? Why isn't he getting more starts? Why? Oh, he's coming off a, a, a – you can't say he's coming off an Achilles. We're five games under 500. Five, uh, literally. Yeah, the Nats have the third worst record the, in the National League. The Giants have a better – I think I don't know if they're better. Yeah, or no, the I, Giants have a better record. No, the Nats have – Are they 14 the only two, or something like that? No, they're 15 and 19. There, oh, there's, they, only two teams, there's only two teams with a worse win percentage than the Nats in the National League. That's Miami and Cincinnati. The Nats have yeah, the, the Miami, third. who's the worst team in the league, and Cincinnati, who has one player on their team, and, and Joey Votto. Yeah, yeah. They no, gave away their best best player, best pitcher, and uh, Joey Johnny Cueto a couple years ago. Yeah, the Nats have the third worst win percentage in the National League as of as we're recording this. So, you know, if they were in the West, they would be in the last place. The fact that Miami plays in the National League East is the only reason why the Nats aren't last place in their division right now. And I, I compared them to the, to the San Francisco uh, Giants. Okay, I was about to say 49ers. 118 runs, okay, out of their games that San Francisco has played. And mind you, San Francisco has played one more game, okay? So they have 118 runs. The Nats have scored 159. So they got 41 more runs scored in one less game. And that's with the game today. Mm-hmm. So you got 41 more runs scored in one less game, okay? 170 to 148, obviously, that run against is, is a little bit different because of our bullpen and everything like that nature. But still, you're scoring enough runs to win ball games. But then you go out there, and your pitching rotation, who, who's, been, who's been pretty damn good, I mean, you said Saul Strauss again, pitch another gem, and they barely squeaked that one out. The problem is not the injuries. It's the problem that you're looking at the, the situation here where a team, for instance, look at the Pittsburgh Pirates. They scored 109 runs in 31 games. 109. That's embarrassing. It's like, what, yeah. under four runs a game? And they're 16-15. It's like they're in their division, they have three teams over 500. Three teams. So it, it, you're, and, and two of them have 20-plus wins. So it's like you're looking at this, or four teams, I should say, over 500 if you include the Pirates. That's the, that's the embarrassing thing about it is that everyone keeps using the excuses, the excuses, the excuses of the injuries and, the, and oh, the bullpen was bad at this point, and, oh, they're hamstrung because they can't sign Craig Kimbrell. And like, manage the team. Set the lineup. That's what you're supposed to do. And me and you said it countless times. 
I, 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 the funny thing is, I've actually heard it the first time I've heard it on radio. The first time with all the analysts, everything. The first time I heard it was Danny Ruye, 107 fan with Grant and Danny. They said it the other day that Danny said he's not holding people accountable. He's not obviously he's not showing the passion. He didn't say that. He said the accountable word. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing. And I, when we coached before, that's one thing I taught our kids. I said, you guys, I want you to do two things. Responsible for your job and accountable when you make a mistake. But these guys are not being held accountable for, for the stupid errors they're making. If Jake Noel booted that ball, I would have got on his ass immediately. I don't care if you're on a, a red eye from Fresno. If you want to play in the big leagues, you cannot let a ball get booted and let two runs score in the first inning when you're already behind the eight ball, when your fourth pitcher ends up throwing uh, you know nine Ks in the game through, what was it, five innings or whatever. He throws nine Ks, his best K outing. And he's not even a, a strikeout pitcher. He threw nine Ks, and we lost two games where our fourth and fifth pitchers threw 11 innings, pretty much. I think it was around yeah. 11, 11 yeah. and two-thirds or whatever, yep. and they had 18 strikeouts. It's a shame that, that Sanchez got the loss in that game because, yeah, you were right. He didn't, uh, he didn't have an earned run, um, but I think you have to give that designation of a loss to, to the, play, the pitcher, of, of, of I guess, yeah. that pitched the most innings. Like, somebody has to get the loss Something there, like that, yeah. and, I think, and I think Sanchez had to get it, even though Matt Grace gave up five earned runs and yeah. has a 6.75 ERA. Um, it's just, it's just yeah. you're not holding people accountable. Sure, get sure. on someone's ass. Everyone hated playing for Matt Williams. You know why? Because he was a sh- – I was going to say, he was a terrible manager – but he was, but he got on people's asses, which obviously people hated that because he he didn't know how to manage the game because he was a first time manager, and also the sole fact that he would he just get on people and bench people for not running out of first base. I'm not saying bench people for a ground ball they're not running out. I'm saying bench somebody or get on someone's ass about missing a ground ball or Ryan Zimmerman not hitting. And everyone and, and people even said it. I think Grant said it on 1067 said like, well, you shouldn't have to tell somebody in the major leagues about a fundamental that they know. Well, Bob Henley is t- telling people to send uh, or telling people to go. He's sending them and getting people thrown out by a mile. So why isn't, why isn't uh, you know, Davey Martinez saying, hey, we need guys on base, okay? We, we, we can't have this stuff happen. And then especially with the whole entire fact of small ball, which they were harping on in spring training, the, the mistakes. They were harping on base running mistakes, number one. Yeah. And number two, they were harping on the small things that we got to do the job, move runners over all that We got to move runners over all that stuff. If Jan Gomes is on second, I'll lead off double. And then Carter Keeboom, okay, I'll get on Carter's ass. I'd say, yeah, you're the, uh, you know, you're the, you're the second baseman of the future for us. You, you got to produce in that situation. You have to know, hit the ball, or, or if you're bunting, or wh- whoever's up at bat, I don't care who it is. I'm getting so frustrated that it's, it's, it's so annoying <laughs> because you got to move someone over to third base. Play small ball. That's what it is. You're not going to have Kurt Suzuki go out there and hit three home runs in three games for you. That's not going to win your ball games. Kurt Suzuki and, and, and Jan Gomes are a platoon right now, and it's just it's embarrassing to see that – the way you need to score runs when your lineup's depleted, or when you're uh, when you when you're uh, just a, a team built like this, you need to play small ball, go station to station, go base to base, and do things of that nature. You can't sit there and say, "Okay, we're going to wait for Jan Gomes to hit a three-run home run and tie the game," or have you. So Kurt Suzuki last night hit a three-run bomb to tie, and then Victor Robles get a, get a barely hit a home run uh, just over the fence. You can't have that, and that's why I'm seeing him on the bench like. You know, you can be a player coach, and we've said it multiple times. You can be a player coach. You can have people like you and all this different kind of crap. But you have to literally go in there and hold people accountable, make sure they're accountable for their jobs, and they don't make the the same mistakes day in and day out. And that's why we keep seeing error, 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 or left on base, left on base, left on base, like everywhere. 
I mean, Juan Soto, he's young. He has pretty much a season under his belt so far. You need to hold his ass accountable. He has too many guys left on base. Now, he has a lot of great other stats, obviously. He, his average is around 250, so it's not great. His on-base percentage is, is, is marginally improved, around 370, which is not that bad. But he has six bombs. He has 19 walks, So, and his, his strikeouts are down from the beginning of the year when he was striking out every other at bat. But overall, he's doing pretty pretty well at the plate uh, in, 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 for his sophomore quote-unquote slump. But you got to say, dude, if there's somebody on base – Make a productive out, please. Like, that's a big thing, too. Productive outs. We don't have enough of those because we have too many guys leading off with doubles and then they don't make it home. Or you see guys, I saw the other day, first and third. What, what was my first thought? Oh, a double play is about to happen. <laughs> and it's like, I mean, that's, that's my first thought because it happens every single game. Yeah. If you don't hold people accountable, the mistakes are going to countless times going to keep happening, and that's what's doing right now. And that's why I think he's not the manager for us, and the, the hot seat should be on, on you know, as, as hot as – or not as hot as this pizza was. I, I was going to say something like that because this pizza was de- ice cold. But <laughs> literally, it should be on a, a power burner right now on level 8 of 10 because right now he's just – I mean, he's burning me out. Yeah, because, again, you, you look at the rest of this month – and, you know, this next upcoming week, of course, with uh, Nats on the road in Milwaukee, a very good Brewers team. Christian yep. Yelich has already got, like, 15 home runs on the season. And then a pretty good Dodgers <laughs> team. And then you get to come home and play the Mets three times. Um, and then three against Chicago, four against the Mets, three against – four against Miami. So, you know, you're playing against Miami. Hey, real and, quick, how about that Chicago ESPN game? Helixson on the mound. Yeah, there you go. Great. Uh, <laughs> so you've got, you know – Chicago, you've got the Mets, you've got you know Miami. You, you you may have some opportunities to get some wins here with the Mets and Miami. And then okay, let's say at the end of May, the Nats are able to squeak out some wins in now in those series. Does suddenly Davies' job go? Oh well, you know he got some wins. You know we should be back on track. But you know the, these would just be excuses. I mean at that point because I honestly I think this road trip is going to go really bad for the Nats. I think they may yeah. be in danger of, of of losing the next seven games in a row. Um, like, I think that's a realistic uh, possibility, um, losing uh, these three against Milwaukee and then four against the Dodgers, uh, just with the way that they've been going. But hey, you can get your tickets for three bucks in Milwaukee, though. Yeah, there you go. So three dollars, holy Jesus! Yeah, I mean they. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't know, I don't know but, how you get tickets for three bucks. That's like that's like I don't know, that's I've never seen that in my life before. Yeah, $3? well, you're, we're used to DC where everything's overpriced. So. Yeah, yeah. Wizards um, games weren't even that low. When exactly. They were so you know, as far as moving forward here again, the the next couple series, this could be this could be pretty bad uh, if you're a Nats fan. Uh, now the Nats could surprise us, but I, honestly, Milwaukee's very good. Uh, the Dodgers are good. This this may be a week that you might want to skip some of these games. Well, the biggest part about it, Ben, though, is that you're seeing Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. I mean, out of the last few outings for all of them have been pretty damn good. At least the last couple outings sure. for Scherzer and Strasburg have been, have been pretty good. And then Corbin has been pretty much lights out most of the season so far. Yeah. But you're seeing Helixson and Sanchez, their last two starts, two of the last three games, go out there and pitch pretty damn well, and we lost both those ball games. Now, that's the thing about this whole entire managerial aspect is if you have a starter that goes out there, you have to find a way – to try to at least compete in that game and not have a seven to one blowout. Now you have Matt Grace go out there, and yes, you know he he did have he did his first two batters were two strikeouts, but then all of a sudden he lets in what five or six I think it was five runs and then and six hits. Like you can't have that. Obviously the bullpen sucks, we know that, but you have to find a way 
with Sanchez and Hellickson as your fourth and fifth starters to go out there and they have good outings and, and you, you just you just blow it. And that's just sure. that's what's irritating me. And that's you know, you, you, you just won't have a situation like that where you have legit uh, starts from Scherzer, Strasburg. I mean, right there, the last five starts, we've had pretty damn good starts. And what what's happened? I mean, that's that's the biggest thing. What's happened the last five? We're, we're two and three. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it, it hasn't been super pretty. But I will also say, I mean, yeah, as you said, Scherzer had been pitching pretty well. He did get uh, Miami kind of roughed him up a little bit. But, yeah. you know, besides that, um, I think you got you just got to get more offensive production, and none of these offensive guys are playing right now because they're all hurt. So we'll, yeah. we'll kind of see how that plays out. Um, so keep an eye on the Nats here this week. Uh, again, this this is going to be seven straight days of baseball, um, and, and starting Thursday, it's very late night baseball. Ten ten starts. Um, in, Might be good in for LA. us. I think we'll watch it. So yeah, exactly. Uh, get, get, get the box. I don't know if I'll watch any of those. Maybe until Sunday at, at the four ten, we'll see. But but they do play Milwaukee at seven forty tomorrow night. Again, that's Max Scherzer going against Chassin. Uh Scherzer one and four on the season with four point oh eight ERA. Chassin three and three with five point two four. Milwaukee's twenty and sixteen. Nats are fourteen and nineteen. But, I mean, the biggest thing, real quick, is sure. they have seven games to go in this road trip. They have to. They have to shoot for four wins out of those seven. Now, that's probably going to be a stretch with how Milwaukee's playing right now and how Christian Yelich is playing, and then L.A., how Cody Bellinger is playing. He's hitting over 400 right now. Uh, but the good thing about that, for L.A., you got your top three pitchers in that series, uh, Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin. But if you can go three and seven, you're, not, you're, you're only going to be six games below 500, which, again, that's not good, obviously. But you're going to weather the storm, get back, and you're going to have a six-game homestand. Uh, actually, out of the next uh, uh, ten games, you're going to play New York, who I don't, I don't still believe has Jacob Degrom. Not exactly sure about that, but New York's not playing that, that well baseball because now they're under 500. Uh, which then, I mean, you could say the next 14 games, you got legit, you got 11 of the next 14 after LA series against NLE's guys. Yeah. And the two of the, the, the tour of the worst four. You got to beat up on, uh, you got to beat up on Miami and New that, York. That's where you got to make the swing. You have yeah. to make the swing. Right Philly now. and Atlanta are both playing pretty good. I mean, Philly's won seven of their last 10. Atlanta's won six of their last 10. Uh, I mean, those are going to be tough battles trying to get up uh, up where they are. But for you have to definitely surpass the Mets in the standings. And also for with, sure. with Bryce Harper, you mentioned it in, my, in your text mm-hmm. earlier, uh, and I've noticed it as well. Literally, Bryce Harper is playing like crap right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the biggest thing about that is if you look at Bryce Harper right now, if he starts heating up and the Phillies start to get on a nice little win streak, yeah, like you said, they're 7-3 in the last 10. But not too long ago, they were 5-5, five 4-6, and five, four and six, stuff like that. So, you know, you have to weather the storm as much as possible because to get a, 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 a wild card spot is going to be very difficult. So you've got to yeah. win this division, and you've got to beat up on those other foes because right now we are just looking like crap, <laughs> and we, we, can't, we can't do anything else because right now, I mean, look at our record at home. We're 7-11 and at Nats Park. That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Uh, <laughs> that's embarrassing. <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. Yeah. Let's get in some final thoughts here with our segment, What Grinds Our Gears. You know what really grinds my gears? 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 You, America. And that, people, is what grinds my gears. So what now, grinds oh, our gears? Sorry, I'll, I'll let you go. You, you know, I, it's your turn. Well, I thought you were, I, I didn't know you were going to talk or not. I was, no, it's okay. It's that, okay. What uh, grinds our gears? What grinds our gears? P- bad pizza. Bad, um, bad pizza? 
So that oh, I, for, I forgot the Sunday night baseball game already started. Look at that, Ole Miss LSU fifteen fourteen. You know, the, the you know what the funny thing is? Jeez. Ole Miss was just up fifteen to nine, and they've had a five run two out rally. That's insane. With two bombs, he had a three run bomb and a and a and a solo shot. God, I know nothing. Oh, did he just hit another home run? Please tell me they did. Oh my God, three homers in a row. That's crazy. That's embarrassing. Look at that. That's embarrassing. Three home runs in a row. And that's not what grinds our gears. No, that's uh, that's some quality baseball right there. And they're at LSU too. That's I'd be going nuts. I'd be drinking on Cinco de Mayo. What grinds our gears right here in today's society? I'll go first. I watched Avengers last night. Yeah. And what what pisses me off the most? And if you guys used to watch us back at WGMU, Ben was not there for that episode, but me and uh, our our good friend Danny Noakes, who we will have on the show, actually talking about Virginia Tech basketball here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, overall. We talked about people that clap and cheer at movie theaters. That really yeah. pisses me off. And I'm just like, you know, enough of the clapping and, and, the, and the cheering and all that kind of stuff. Because if you're not going to do it in your own home. Now, I understand, like, you, you, you kind of go crazy, like the Game of Thrones episode and stuff like that. But when you see, you know, someone, that, that, that kid must be feeling like crap right now. <laughs> let up like seven runs. It's like Matt Grace out there. Um, but uh, literally, this is the thing is that if you're not going to be in your home and you're watching a movie, like, I don't know, if you're watching Top Gun, and then all of a sudden you see him going after a MIG or something like that, if you're not going to go out there and start cheering to your own TV or, or you know, <laughs> clapping or whatever, then don't do it, please. Because it just annoys the hell out of me. Because what if we miss something? Like, what if we legit missed uh, some, someone saying something or something that actually happened? Like, something of that nature. Like, why can't, why can't we just have a, a nice movie experience where everyone's like, like, like so, I don't even care if someone says, like, yeah, or something like that. That's, that's fine. Yeah. But don't sit there and say, like, woohoo! It's like sitting there and clapping and all this kind of crap. And just, <laughs> sorry, see the dog over there. But it's like, I hate when people, people do that because just, it just irks me. It tilts me so much. Yeah, because the it's movie like, clappers, uh, it's, like, it's annoying. It's like, just chill. Like, mm-hmm. okay, the Avengers game. Okay, okay, you saw Captain America get his shield or something like that. And then everyone's like, oh my God. Like, it, like it's it, like, it's like an epiphany for them. It's like, it's, it's like something that they just all like, the, like I don't know, they just they just saw like a, a, a firework that they liked or something like that. They went crazy. And they're like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. And it's like, like just, can you just like stop? Like I just hate when people sit there and clap uh, because of movies. I just hate yeah. it. It irritates. Yeah, me. Yeah, it's it's the movie clappers. It's the airplane clappers. It's anybody that like just claps in their daily life about like certain occurrences and things like that. Yeah. I think it's just weird. It's, 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 it's unnecessary. There was a couple claps at the end of, of our showing last night. And it was kind of one of those things where it's like, this movie's been out a week. Like this yeah. isn't like, this is the first viewing on 20 Thursday bucks. And the guy that was sitting next to you was probably wanting to clap really. Uh, no, he actually didn't clap. I think he might've just been dead. I don't know. <laughs> um, but he, uh, it was, it's one of those things where, Movie clappers, I'm with you, man. It annoys the crap out of me. What also is annoying is, I don't, I don't know how you normally buy your movie tickets, but there's like five different ways to buy movie tickets oh, now. Yeah. It's literally like you can either buy them straight at the theater through the box office. You can either go to the theater and use one of the machines to buy it and not speak yeah. to a human. You can pre-buy it through like Fandango or some movie theaters have a specific app you can pre-buy it. And then, you know, the problem is though when you get to the ticket guy... 
it's usually there's confusion depending on um, what method you're you're trying to buy it from. So last night it was like I bought it and I got some barcode and I had to like hold it up to this thing and scan yeah. it. And it's like okay, this isn't that weird. But the guy before me bought it through some service and he had to like read out the confirmation code to the ticket taker like WXL29 and you're just sitting there just like can we this should be a little easier like yeah. this should be a little more uniform um but the other thing is that I think again you know we all know this by now we've been going to movies for a long time and we know how much they pr- price gouges on the snacks and stuff so you and Jen definitely did the right move of sneaking in the food oh, yeah. now I did the whole bit I bought the popcorn um, I had a water bottle, stuff like that, and and Abby got an icy, and it's just Ooh, like icy. that all adds up, man. The cookie dough bites is my go-to snack at the movie That's theater. One. The one thing about Harris Teeter is that they were very, uh, I guess you could say, parched of of snacks. Sure, uh, they they didn't have a lot of the candy that was usually there, um, so I, I was a little bit burnt out about that. I did have. Uh, the, the the sweet uh, Bunch of Crunch, which is my favorite candy mm-hmm. out there. But the Cookie Dough Bites, like you said, are on point. Yeah, that's a go-to for me. I, cookie Dough Bites and popcorn, chocolate and popcorn, man, or M&M's and popcorn. Either one is really kind of my go-to. But I, I, I just find myself now, you know, I've been to the Alamo Draft House a few times, and, you know, I think that I, I just got to – I got to go to that theater more yeah. because when you go to these regular theaters and you got people up and down, walking down the aisles, using the bathroom every five seconds, you got people talking during the movie, yep. you know, you've got all these just idiots like throughout the movie where at least at the Alamo, yeah, it costs a little more money, but you can have them bring beers to you, bring food, all that yeah. stuff. And if you talk, you're literally kicked out of the theater. Really? And if someone, oh yeah, at the Alamo, yeah, you're not allowed to talk during the movie. They give you a warning before the movie. It says if you if you get talk if you talk, we're going to kick you out. Or you're on your cell phone. You're going to kick you out. I didn't know that. I never. Part- I haven't been there yet. Oh, you still haven't been to the Alamo Draft House, <laughs> dude? What are you doing? You live over here. I tried to. No, I tried to one time. Oh when I was my up god, back in Sterling. And the funny thing was, I tried to, but the problem was when I went there. Uh, we the, the, the theater was already booked, so okay. so it was already Dude, packed. You gotta go, you gotta go. It's an to. experience, man. The food's pretty good. You, they got a lot of beers. They have an actual bar yeah. um, that you can go to before the movie too. Yeah. Um, but that's the whole thing is at the Alamo Draft House, no cell phones, no talking. And if somebody's a problem, you just write down, hey, the person on this little card, you just wrote the person like. You know, a couple seats over from me is being a, a jackass, and you can put it on the little thing that they come and take your orders from, and they'll read that, and they'll probably kick them out of the theater too. Wow. Yeah. I mean, dude, it's they got a system, man. Damn. They got a that's system That's nice, down. though. That's what I'm saying. I could have said that about the stupid uh, Tostitos guy behind me. Yeah, that's the thing. You could have said. damn kids out. You could have said the, the guy, or if the, like people are talking during the movie and stuff like that, it's just literally it's not allowed there. They, they take wow. a hard line with that stuff. I didn't know all that. Yeah, and it's 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 good now. It is, it's, it's, it's a little more exp- – it's more of like a – like a movie and food, dinner, dining experience. So it's like yeah. it's going to cost a little bit more. Um, but you could also just go eat before and go and, and only get like a beer or something during the movie. But um, they also have some some movies that got like specialty drinks. I got definitely a little little toasty ones. Uh, really? Going to Back to the Future uh, night, they played they played Back to the Future and they had this special like flux capacitor drink. And it was it was it was it was a lot. It was <laughs> how, a lot. how often did they do the, the like the, they, the, the throwback movies? Oh, all the time. They're called movie parties. So like we've seen uh, the Big Lebowski there. We've seen um, uh, as I mentioned, Back to the Future. Um, they'll, they'll put on horror movies. Yeah, they do movie Mean Girls. Like they'll put on Office Space. All that stuff. They'll put it on like every weekend is yeah. some sort of movie. Party. Oh, every weekend. Oh wow. Yeah. 
every week, every out. week there's a. I'm telling you, man, Alamo Draft House. I need to check that out. <laughs> Grind my gears turned into a, a commercial for Alamo Draft House, yeah. but yeah, you got to go there, man. Especially what was your you Grind my gears? <laughs> I, I also am annoyed by movie I didn't know, I didn't know, if, I didn't know No, no, no. Mine was, mine's kind of the same thing. People clap during the movies. People that eat loud during movies. I just That's what I'm telling you is you've you got to go to the Alamo, and then it'll change your experience. It's, movie it's, experience. Just, it's, it's just the people that just don't care about everybody else. There's no them. self-awareness. It's, it's, you're at a movie theater. People want to sit there, and they want to enjoy the movie. I don't want to see. I don't want to see some Joe Schmo, you know, you know, Bucky Rogers over here. And if your name's Bucky Rogers, I apologize. <laughs> uh, over here, sitting here, just like clapping, his, clapping his hands together every single two seconds that he sees Captain America, you know, yeah, like yeah. sit there with the Avengers theme going on. Mm-hmm. Because I've been to movies a bunch of times, and it's it's just so funny to me because I forgot what the last movie I was at that the movie was theater was packed like that. And it and they had you know people clapping. I forgot exactly which movie it was. It was years ago, but at that point I was pissed off too. And it's just like literally, it's just so annoying because people sit there and they're just clapping their 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 hands together every mm-hmm. two seconds when something even small happens. Just like your old man, it's like mm. like even like the, the the slightest thing. And then you have you know people talking like like did you see that? Like I had to tell Jen at one point because she didn't because the problem was is that. She didn't remember some things that happened in all the movies. Sure. So like she started asking, like she asked me a few questions, and I kind of acted a little, a little annoyed. Now I wasn't really annoyed, but I was trying to tell her, "Hey, we don't want to be like them." Uh, and then, then she kind of got the picture, and she was like, "Okay, you know, you know, I'll, 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 I'll kind of be quiet," because she asked me like who Barton was and stuff like that. Yeah. But I, I, you probably shouldn't know who Barton was because he is—he's pretty much a, a, a no-show throughout a lot of the movies. Um, but basically, it's just like I, I'm like I don't want to be like those people. And I think those people are so annoying to me because it's just like, why can't you just shut up and stop talking? Like, she was whispering, so it was a different thing. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like these people that sit there and they're eating their chips and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're, and they're snoring and they're going crazy. It's like, why are you, why are you snoring? Like, it makes zero <laughs> That's sense. That's wild to me. Like, I just can't believe someone was snoring. I know it's three hours, but why, why are you going to a movie if you're tired? Yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah. it's just morons. Yeah, people, it's just anytime I'm out there in the world with people, I get annoyed. <laughs> yeah. There's no way that I can't not get yeah, annoyed. Yeah, going back to your ticket thing, what yeah. they should have is they should have, like, I, I forgot, uh, it's kind of like the uh, like the check bag situation at, sure. at, at an airport. Have the machines there. I'm going to go up and select what the hell I want mm-hmm. and be done. Like, I don't have to go and talk to this person. Like, I mean, lucky for me, I actually had these, these Costco movie passes for Oh, Regal. yeah, I have some of those, too. And yeah. I think these, these must have been, like, five years old. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I just, I've, I've, I've had them, and I kept them. I was I'm like, surprised oh. I let you use them because I've, I've, I've tried to use them before for, like, big movies, and they'll be like, oh, no, you can't use these. Like, you can only use these for certain movies and stuff. I've oh, gotten them, too, yeah. Or, like, a new release or something like that. They've, I've had them turn them down before. That's, so. that's, why would that be? I know. I know. It's weird. That's what I said. Oh, I was like, I, really? I, would, I would sit there and call customer service and yeah. say, this guy's not letting me use this, yeah. this, this yeah. pass. They've turned them down before because I've got a bunch of them sitting in my drawer. Oh, really? I've got <laughs> think, a stockpile. Well, the funny thing was that my aunt, uh, my dad's side, she used to, that's what her gift for Christmas was. Every yeah. single year to all the kids, Solid. she would just go to Costco and just buy all the movie movie tickets yeah. and just give it to us. So that was, I think it was my Last two, my last two from 2002. Oh, I got a bunch. I got a bunch sitting in my drawer. Those are legit. Though. But the problem is, is for the, usually the theaters where you have those passes, usually like maybe they don't have assigned seats, so it has to usually be like you got to try to go to a movie that like 
you know, you... Well, the problem with that is a lot of yeah. those you have to redeem at the box office. Well, exactly. So, like, the Avengers thing, I always like, I told Jen, I said, we have to go there a little early. Early, for sure. So, we went there, like, it was like 6 o'clock, yeah. and the movie was at 7.40, and we went there. And Smart. I, and the funny thing was, is that I looked at the seats that were available around, like, 5 o'clock, and within that hour, there was probably 20 seats that were taken. Yeah. And I was so, I was I was butthurt a little bit. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but luckily, we, we got two seats where there was no one next to me, so I could put her bag there. Nice. But then, she had some, la- some old lady come next to her and I don't know what's up with these old old women and, and men coming yeah, to, to, going see Avengers. to going to see Avengers uh, they're into it <laughs> and uh, and she was, she looked at me and she's like I bet this lady's name is Karen number one and I forgot what the other thing she said uh, I, or I think she said something like I bet she's going to get up to the bathroom like three times uh-huh. like or something like that oh, 100%. because because uh, uh, she was talking a lot and she was saying a lot of different things and we had she, a lot of bathroom breaks for people during this movie what about you guys I, I'm a camel man I hold so, it same, in the whole movie same I go to the bathroom maybe twice a day I don't think I've ever gone to a bathroom during a movie before me either. never in my entire life I've never I never like it was so funny to if me if I'm there at a movie I'm there to see the movie exactly there was a, <laughs> there, there was a family of three next to me a, a, a dad his wife and his, and his boy and the, the, the kid got up to go to the bathroom twice and he must have been like 13, 14 years. I'm like dude you can hold it man like, yeah. you, and then he went up to go get a refill of popcorn his mom went up to go to the his mom or he, first he got up and he went to go get a refill of the popcorn, and it was a big bucket. How do, I'm like, how I've did never you, even finished like one of those medium ones. <laughs> I, it was I a get them every bucket. time, and I've never finished. I looked at him. I, I looked. At, I was like, how did you? Just, no, he finished it in ten minutes. That's insane. I'm like, <laughs> this guy's like, like this guy's like a freaking. I can't horse do that. Going I, can't, I can't finish that. Those popcorn bags. And I started dying laughing because he literally gets up to go refill it. His mom goes to the bathroom or to go mm-hmm. check on him, one or the other. And they come back and the thing's empty. They're like, oh, yeah, we couldn't. They said that the lines were too long that they couldn't give us a free refill. And I, I, I'm like, that makes zero sense. That doesn't Just make pop, any sense. Pop more yeah. popcorn. Uh, but I'm like, why are you going to get – they miss like literally the first 10 minutes of the movie. I'm like, I'm like why are you going to get new, – Why new, are you spending this money to go see this movie? You <laughs> could do that. Wait, wait and do that at home. Then you can pop your own popcorn yeah. in your microwave oh, and I started dying laughing. I'm like, you got popcorn. You came out here. And the funny thing That's was I, I started talking to Jenna. I said – this this theater was ninety percent full. Why in the world are we looking at the theater and it's thirty percent full and we got three minutes till the movie starts? Yeah. And then all of a sudden this wave of people just come in there and I'm just like, shoot me in the face. <laughs> because they all came to my row. Yeah, of course. I'm like course. I started I was like, Oh my gosh. And then of course you get the uh, the lady's like lady said sorry, the kid just kept walking back and forth. And I was literally about to say something like, "Is and I'm I, like I'm not kind of like you. I, human interaction. I try to I try to avoid it all costs. Yeah, I just There's a lot of it. stuff with my my job and yeah. your job. Yeah. that. we have to talk to, talk a lot to people. Yeah, I don't want to talk a lot to people. No. So I'm just like I don't want to talk to you. That, that, that that's it. And I freaking oh, I was so, I was so <laughs> burned out because this kid just kept having to go back and forth. I'm like, dude, sit the hell down, please. P kid, man. P kid. Yeah, that's what they called him. That's what they call it. Mr. P. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we hope you guys get a chance to watch this movie, Avengers Endgame. Uh, I will say... We'll get more into it next week. Yeah, we'll get into more of it next week. I do... You know, it's one of those things where it's, it's a good idea to watch the movies leading up to it because um, then you won't really fully get all the impact and all that stuff. But, um, you know, do whatever you want, though. Yeah. If, if, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it a little more next week. We'll give our full review of that movie. So you got a week to do that. We'll also be updating you next show on how the Nationals fared on their road trip. Uh, maybe we'll get into some Wizards talk Hopefully, in the yeah. next couple of weeks leading up to the NBA draft lottery and then the actual NBA draft. Um, where we'll see how the wizard how that pans out for them, um, and then Redskins will be getting closer and closer to training camps, OTAs, all that stuff. But uh, we, uh, you know, besides <laughs> that, I mean, pretty much uh, DC sports wise, 
All we really have right now is the Redskins. I mean, we will shout out again, D.C. United. They're tied for first in their conference. They pulled off a nice win. Um, Yeah, and the Nationals. uh, We don't really want to have the Nationals right now. (laughs) Yeah, that's the only team we get to talk about. Um, But, yeah, D.C. United won their soccer game. So, you know, they're they got 20 points on the season so far. They're tied for first. It's a long year, just like the Nats, where it's a six-month season. So, you know, we'll kind of keep you updated. And then we'll get into some more talk, soccer talk when we're later in the year, probably later in the season, yeah. um, heading into playoffs and all that stuff. So. Yeah, especially, especially once, uh, obviously, the Caps, we just gave our little review on them. So we'll, we'll, we'll take a break with the Caps right now. Sure. We'll get into a little bit of Wizards and stuff like that, especially with the draft coming up and whatnot. But once it starts getting more towards training camps and all that kind of stuff for the, the Redskins over there, we got a lot more time. Sure. We'll start trying to fill some more of that time with DC United. But yep. again, this is episode 29 of the DC Crossover. Follow us on all the social media outlets at the DC Crossover on Twitter. Interact with Ben on there. If you want to go on my Twitter at Cerrone16, it's mainly just complaining about the Washington Nationals. Uh, so if you really don't care about that, then don't follow me on there. Um, and then all, obviously you can check us out on Facebook, uh, DC Crossover Podcast, and also DC crossover.com me and ben have been putting a lot of articles out there uh, as of late we're gonna have some more guys put up there uh as soon as possible as well but again this is episode 29 of the dc crossover for all of our uh uh, episodes definitely check out uh, apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, and google play music and also you can definitely listen to them if you want to on our website as well dccrossover.com episode 29 we are out once again a two-week hiatus from being sick and different things of that nature and ben having stomach issues (laughs) after eating bad tacos we don't want to talk about whatever what'd you eat tacos something like that what was that yeah yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was some stuff. Yeah, it was something you'll want to forget, uh, of course. <laughs> but anyways, that's the DC Crossover, episode 29. Take it easy, everybody. Happy, let's see, uh, uh, what's going on this week? No one really cares. The Nats need to, happy Davey on the hot seat week. There you go, episode 29. Let's set fire to the light.